The following is a production of WEGL 91.1 FM. That ball is gone. It's a walk-off home run for Stephen Williams. WEGL Sports. The Tigers are headed to the College World Series. Where every touchdown of Game. They're not going to keep him off the field tonight. Holy cow. Lives. Come on, guys. I need more energy. Come on. Come on. We had a lot of fun on Saturday. And I know we're going to talk about that, but come on. How you guys really doing? I got a sore throat, so who knows? We'll find out in a few days. I got two tests this week, so. Oh. Well, if it makes you feel better, I don't have anything. Yeah, good good for you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, but we do have this show this morning. On the docket for today, we're finally getting to the World Series because it's been since last Monday that we've even discussed it. And tonight, the Dodgers look to win it all as they are 3-2 on the TB Rays. Speaking of TB, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers are surging in the NFC South. We'll have some update on the NFL and breaking down Monday Night Football, which was pretty much a slaughterhouse last night for the Bears. On top of that, we do are we are going to catch up with some college football news, especially Auburn's win over Ole Miss. Take it for how you will, as they get ready for LSU in the upcoming week. So let's just go ahead and get started with the show. As a uh, first. Let's break down that Auburn win versus LSU. It was a uh, miss. That's what I meant. Maybe that's be. Ooh, maybe that's a that's a sign. Maybe no, that's a it's sign. Not. You don't know that. Look, let's break down the win of Ole Miss. Thirty-five twenty-eight, off of a Seth Williams uh, back shoulder catch, juke move, front to the end zone, curtain call. Kinda. Ole Miss drove down the field and almost scored, but you know. Through an interception, which was very uh, elegant and Hollywood-esque for Ole Miss at the end of the game. Matt Corral had possibly the worst Hail Mary attempt I've ever seen. Look, you can't throw a Hail Mary unless you're in front of the line of scrimmage. Everybody knows this. And even then, it didn't even reach the end zone. Look, football's that was hard. So Fo- football, football's hard, okay? You know, it's not that hard. You know, you know what the... Uh, no, I think it's a different game I'm thinking about. But uh, Auburn got out of there. They didn't give, you know, they, they didn't do it without giving people heart attacks. Uh, because I definitely at one point thought we were going to lose that game. But cooler heads did prevail, and Auburn did win 35-28. to Kind of break down what you saw to that game, and did it get better, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. Did it get better for Auburn? Define get better. Do you feel better about this team? No. I mean, I'm just being honest. That's a game they should have won. That's a game they were supposed to win. So now that they won, am I supposed to be like, oh, this is a good omen? Did they look better, at least? They looked better against the worst defense in college football. I mean, every every team has scored a lot on that team. So, I mean, did they look better because they refused to throw the ball 48 times? Sure. You know, that's a positive. 
They actually they, started running the football. They did let Tank uh, run the ball. Which, you know, it's about time, isn't it? The last two games he got 100 yards in spite of the coaching staff calling plays, and now he actually got 100 yards because they gave him the carries to get to it. So there's that. Uh, Davis, what about you? What is your biggest takeaway from Auburn's win against Ole Miss? Well, yeah, they 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 played better, of course, but they still almost lost. And near the end there, the Ole Miss receiver had that post route that he dropped, which would have been surefire touchdown right there near the end. So, I mean, Auburn looked better because Alex said they didn't pass it as much, but it's still their defense is struggling. Uh, it's just not clicking for them. I'm not sure if it's going to really – fall into place before the end of the season. In fairness, that Ole Miss offense has given every defense issues except against Arkansas, and that was more because Matt Corral decided to throw it to the other team rather than Arkansas scheming to stop them. So the Ole Miss offense has given everybody issues. And Auburn, and we're no exceptions to the thing. We're known for our stout defense, and we got torn up. We just put – this obviously is not the same defense as the last – I know. That's exactly what I'm saying. It's not like a sound the alarm thing. I think they're just average now. I'm just saying we're not – defense isn't going to save us this year. It won't win us games, but it won't lose them either. I don't Are you sure about that, though? Because it almost did. No, my dog, what I my dog is causing a havoc in the back in the background. Now, what are you doing? What I mean oh, no. is, he's Davis, knocking things over. Davis, what I mean is, like, look at the Ole Miss-Alabama game earlier this year where Ole Miss scored 48, but they still lost 63-48 because of their defense. I mean like that. Like, the defense won't hold a team to under 10 and win us a game like 2016 when Daniel Carlson had to kick six field goals to win a game. And but, get Les Miles fired. Of course, but it won't, it won't lose Auburn any games like Ole Miss's defense against Alabama. If Auburn scores 50, they should win most of the games they play, if not all of them. You know what the, the crazy part is? You know what the crazy part is? We're halfway through the season already. Yep. That's crazy to think about. And the next games are LSU, Mississippi State, Auburn, and then two top 10 games to finish out the season in Alabama and Texas A&M. A&M is at number eight. Don't blink. They're there. And that could be a game that uh, decides A&M's fate when it comes to the college football playoffs if they run the table. They need that. I hope A&M gets in the playoff. You know what? I kind of do too. Because I kind of want to see what a top ten or top four A&M does. Which I, oh, I can't Jared, imagine it ends. Not, I can't imagine it ends well, but that's not. Yeah, I was about to say that's not. It's not about me wanting to see. It's about what they're gonna do. It's about me knowing what they're gonna do and me wanting to watch that because A and M's gonna get in the playoff and lose by sixty to Bama, and it's gonna be hilarious. If if there's a year that A and M gets to the playoffs and wins it all, it's that's this year. Desmond, Desmond Howard's gonna go on game day and start cackling, and he's picking A and M, and then you know he's gonna be like, oh wait, he's wrong again. But then again, he's never not been wrong, so. There's that. Auburn plays LSU this Saturday on Halloween. It is a CBS game. LSU is currently opening up as a three-point favorite, which honestly, let's let's just Auburn not jump. Three-point favorite. I have LSU three-point favorite. Well, it swung back then. That's a big swing. Yeah. I didn't see Auburn open up as a favorite. That's kind of interesting, but also kind of scary at the same time that it swung that fast. It's only been a couple of days. I mean, 
Everybody's taking Auburn. I think the crazy part is, did 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 we watch the same game? Let's get the rest of the SEC. Did we watch the same LSU South Carolina game? I kind of feel mm-hmm. like LSU three points is. I'm gonna be fair. I feel like it's kind of low. I mean, yeah, but South Carolina's offense is terrible this year. They are. Jared, I think Zal's in your clothes again. He's eating my SEC Network shirt. <laughs> That's tough. I'm going to throw something at him. Where's that? I've got a stuffed animal. I'm going to throw it at him if he starts doing it again. But, I mean, really, South Carolina's uh, offense is not very good. They only scored against Auburn because Auburn kept turning the ball over and giving them opportunities. So there's that. They That's the only time they scored above 30, except when they played Vanderbilt. Their offense is not good, and LSU's offense is good. And I would say that South Carolina's defense is not great. Again, it was a bunch of bad turnovers by Auburn and bad performance in the red zone that held them to 22 points. But when they go against LSU, and LSU does what LSU does. With the, with the backup quarterback, right. remind you. Yeah, what happened to Miles Brennan? Uh, he was hurt. Oh. I don't know how I missed that. Hmm. That's why a lot of people picked uh, South Carolina to win that game was because Miles Brennan was hurt. It was like, Ooh, South Carolina just got that big win against Auburn. LSU, they've been struggling. They got a backup quarterback in. Uh oh. But then, and then LSU. I think a majority of people picked uh, South Carolina to win that game. See, now it's time to go to the extra point roadblock Saturday. Uh, pick them because I'll be able to break that down for you, which. Gosh, Alex, I am I am so sorry about how that ended for you. Oh, you talking about the the pick'em? Yeah. I mean, it, it could was be al- worse. It it was I almost could have actually got like last last place, like you said on the show. But then again, I once again proved that I'm the best. So can uh, we add those pick'em? Can we add those pick'em numbers to our uh, pick'em standings? What the 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 roadblock Saturday? Yeah. No. Why not? Because I gotta have the exact number of games. We only do ten a week. Oh. And obviously that would that would put you at least in second place. Exactly. Yeah, That's right. Why I want to add it? No. The our pickup standings are updated, and I'll give them to you right now. In first place is yours truly at forty five and twenty five. Second is Davis at forty two and twenty eight. Third is Jacob. At 41 and 29. Tied at fourth is Bay Marks and Alex at 40 and 30. And at six is Jack at 39 and 31. You're only five games back, so it's not too bad. Jeez, another bad NFL pick up for me last week. Jeez. Yeah, Alex, I, sh- I don't know what happened to you in NFL pick em. But, oh, man. Okay. I, like, to be honest, like NFL's hard to pick right now. I'm not going to lie. I just I ha- remember picking better. I haven't added in the game from last night in, uh, but, oh yeah, it's been tough. It's been a tough couple of weeks. Uh, as we go into kind of the breakdown of um, the Roadblock Saturday Pick'em, uh, probably kind of the weirdest things, there was one person that picked Tennessee, 4.2% picked Tennessee against Alabama. Uh Let's see. Okay, here we go. 
30 or 62 and a half percent of people pick South Carolina to beat LSU. I mean, and I won't, I won't, I won't lie. I was one of them. I really did think that South Carolina would kind of up in, up in them with the backup quarterback in. Okay, so Jared, you should because of that immediately drop yourself two games on the college ball and pick them because that's ridiculous. Why would you pick South Carolina? Look, because a backup quarterback thing—that's that's a thing. If you pick South Carolina to beat LSU straight up, that's one thing. If you pick them to beat them because of backup quarterback, I feel like you can give leeway on that. No, it's still bad. I don't know. I mean, after they beat us, I think anything's possible. Hey, Alex, who got a better pick em thing in the end? Yeah, who won by tiebreaker? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yes, sir. A one-point tiebreaker. All you had to do was just pick a closer score, and that would have been it, Alex. That's all you had to do. But you're 40 to 32... <laughs> Potential scoregami did not do any wonders. Honestly, it seemed likely to me. Honestly, yeah, it, it was getting there. Let's see if there are any other upsets on this uh, roadblock pick'em. Uh, Davis, your your friend was very close to winning. He he ha- Jacob. Oh yeah. yeah, he was very close at the end. They got tripped up by a couple of scores. So if if nobody beat any of us, does that mean they just don't win? No, so the way it kind of broke down was there were three different categories. There was grand prize, student media, and overall. So in the overall section, you saw me and you and, and Caleb Jones. Like, overall, this is how everybody who was in did, okay? Then there was student media, which we get bragging rights over, because I think, what, the top four of us beat everybody in the Plainsman Eagle Eyes. That means we're pretty good at pick'em. We know what we're talking about. So, Weagle, champions, congratulations, everybody. And then the other one's the grand prize one. So that takes out everybody in student media. Uh, so me, Alex, it took out Delaney, Andy, they took out the Plainsman guys. It took out all that. And wait, that, was, that was just students. Yes, so wait, When you made the tweet about all of our standings, why was an eye on there? Because I, I filled out a form. Was Davis. my pick them that bad? You went, let's see if I can oh find. Oh, my God. I literally just did it standing there. I just did it real quick because I was. So did I, on. Davis. I'm still I'm still second in standing. So David, what's your email again? I'm just gonna look at the email section. DB like, Carroll. Did you or use DB Carroll? Oh, there it is. You you got 22 right. So that's 22 out of how many? 42. You went 22 and 20. Wait, oh. Alex, Alex, Alex. Who has a better pick? Who has a better standings overall? Davis. You know what's funny is if the roles were reversed, you would be like, "Oh, but 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 it doesn't matter because I did better in this pick'em challenge." It just it doesn't matter. Your yeah, it would not if the roles were reversed. It would not because even a blind squirrel finds a nut sometimes, Alex. And you're That's that blind true. squirrel, like an ice age. He wasn't you are blind. currently last in pick'em, and you will remain last. I am not last in pick'em. He's tied for next to last. Oh, there's, excuse a, there's, me. A, there's a difference. You're exactly. basically last. So who's second up. and who's first? So I'm, I'm, I'm first, if you didn't know. And I'm second. Zao could do better than you. I'm also not tied Ugh. to last. I'm tied for second to last. So we already I... we already went over that, brother. Yeah, brother. Hey, that's okay. You're only five games back. That's not that's not too bad. That's 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 it's in the world of college football. It's easy to make up. If you two games you, back, you got upsets. I I need I need to you know I need to pick Washington when Washington's gonna win. 
Like, no. like I should have picked them this week. Did I? Nobody I, think, I? Yeah, I think I picked the Cowboys too. But we'll, we'll get we'll, we'll get into that. In a, we'll, we'll get into that in a second. Uh, is there anything else in the in the SEC that we want to go over? I mean, I always think it's funny how there's always hype for the Tennessee game, and it never it never materializes into anything. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Rivalry in college football, without question. It was ooh, that was that was a big oof. There's only four SEC games last week. Yeah, there's uh, only four this week. Yeah, that was a that, Wait, was, no, a big, that was a big oof. My bad. Never mind. Missouri beat Kentucky, which I think surprised me. I'm pretty sure I picked Kentucky. I didn't um, pick Alabama just throttled Tennessee. LSU got South Carolina. This week, Georgia, Kentucky, Auburn, LSU, Ole Miss, Vanderbilt, Alabama, Miss State, A&M, Arkansas, and Florida, Missouri. Just so you know. these games is obvious except for the Auburn-LSU game. Yeah, the Auburn-LSU game is the only game that's single-digit spread. Yeah. That's it. I mean. Everybody else is. Everybody else, if, if, you know, the other team wins, that is a upset of of epic proportions. You know what's crazy is, like, I love seeing the over-unders for, like, the game like Alabama-Mississippi State because you know Bama's going to score, like, 56 on their own because the over-under is 63-and-a-half. Yeah, it's not going to be pretty. And all the ranked teams except Georgia are playing at home. Georgia's going on the road to Kentucky, which it's a it's a noon kickoff Eastern time for Georgia against Kentucky. So maybe the maybe some Kentucky bluegrass magic happens. I don't know, but no. I needed that Kentucky win against Missouri to feel pretty good about that, and I don't. Sorry. Yeah, I was about to say if they, if they had won that game, you know, and we're heading, I, it, I feel maybe, a little bit better. Maybe. What maybe. about what about Missouri, who's two and two? Has gotten a win over LSU. They beat Kentucky going on the road against a Florida team that's coming back from COVID. Could that... Well, you know, um, since the swamp won't be packed, I mean, de- does Dan Mullen even stand a chance? Because I don't know, man. Let Dan Mullen shaking in his boots. Let me be clear on something. If if Florida loses, I will officially not care about the result of this season or the picking because that will be the highlight for the year. If Florida finds a way to lose to Missouri in their first game. And they're on the SEC alternate channel, which means nobody's going to be able to see it oh, when it happens. No. no, I want to see Missouri drop 60 on them on center stage. That If if they're the upset in the SEC, that's the game to watch. because Missouri's that's... playing pretty good since, like, like they had that awful loss to Tennessee, 35-12. to 12, And they didn't play bad against Bama, but, you know, 30-19. But since then, I mean – I mean, they're in a two-game winter against two teams they shouldn't beat. They should be 0-4, really. So, yeah. And their offense is decent. They put up some points on LSU, which, again, Florida's defense is not that much better than LSU's. Let's just be real. I don't think it's that much better at all. So you've got that. I mean, if, if, it's, if any team is going to upset Florida the rest of the way, it will be probably this team, I really think. So... I don't know. Let's talk about the rest of college football as, hey, the Big Ten's back, and they definitely have some fireworks. Uh, let's go ahead and get the big one out of the way. And I know on Saturday... I think we, Nebraska. Yeah, I wish. Uh, I know on Saturday, uh, we talked about what's our, you know, most likely upsets or games to watch for an upset. 
And I said, hey, watch out for this Indiana team against Penn State because that one, you got to circle it. You and also lo said and behold, yeah, we don't talk about that part. Ooh, Pitt let me down. Pitt, rest in peace. It was good while it lasted. But uh, what was the final score that Pitt game, like 45 to 3? 45-3. Notre Dame looked the best they've looked all year, really. Alex was talking Ooh. some major-ish after that when you picked Pitt. Uh, yeah, I picked Pitt, but I also picked Indiana. So, I redeemed myself. Perhaps. Perhaps you did. But then I did pick Iowa State, so I kind of fell backwards. That game was close. I mean, and that was about as good. It's, it's not like they got slaughtered. You know, it's a close game against a good Oklahoma State team that has been a lot better than they've been previous years. So, ain't no shame in that pick. I am officially adopting Indiana as one of my teams. Honestly, I was about to start a dynasty on NCAA 14 because of them. Because, dang, that game got me hype. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was the fact that James Franklin was freaking out on the sideline after he just screwed up and gave Indiana chance after chance after chance. I mean, that game was in Penn State's hands on multiple occasions. You got a chance to just run the clock out, and then the running back runs right to the end, and I'm like, that's exactly what Indiana needed. That was it. And then Indiana scores, and you blitz on a quarterback draw, which is supposed to be it. You know, you can't run a quarterback draw on a blitz. That's how that works, right? Like, I've done it mad. Oh, no. I, didn't, I haven't taken algebra to a trig, but apparently that's how that works. Oh, my God. I oh, did. Man. I didn't do well in that class. And it worked. And, um, and then Indiana does the kickoff, and they basically do an onside kick, which I sat there, and I don't, I don't know about y'all, but I'm watching that game, and I'm thinking, did they really just did, – did, did they just do an onside kick? It and worked. Then Penn State, yeah. And then Penn State's got nine seconds left, can do one little out route to get more yardage for their field goal, and James Franklin's like, nope, we're going to kick it with eight seconds left. I mean, that game was handed to, Penn, or to Indiana by Penn State. The the great part is, you know, the, the college football uh, or game day, excuse me, is going to Happy Valley for Ohio State-Penn State, which is still a big game. Don't get me wrong. It lost a little bit of its luster because of the Penn State loss, but it's still a big game. Yeah. And uh, the funny thing is now, <laughs> you talk about, you know, top 10 Texas A&M and top 10 Cincinnati. There's a number 17 Indiana running around the yard somewhere. And God only knows how that's going to end uh, for Indiana. I mean, just looking at uh, their schedule right now, let's see. Um, it's, it's not exactly easy. They've got Rutgers, who is red hot. Yeah, let's – oh, no. I may, adopt, uh, no. I may adopt Rutgers, too. No, I think Michigan State's awful, really. No, no, they, they, they are awful. But Rutgers, you want to know why Rutgers is good? Their quarterback wears number zero. Oh, uh, wait, really? That's the key. Yes, it's the key. Cool. cool. Um, don't, you know, stay woke. Don't, don't, don't trip. The quarterback um, wears number the zero. Rutgers, or not Rutgers. Indiana's got Rutgers, then Michigan, then at Michigan State, then at Ohio State on November twenty-first. Their schedule does not get any easier. Oh, it's not. And they'll probably, they'll probably lose to Michigan, beat Michigan State. Wait, wait, who, wait. Who we're talking about? Is the Rutgers or Indiana? Indiana is Indiana. at Rutgers, at home versus Michigan State, at, or at home versus Michigan, on the road versus Michigan State, on the road versus Ohio State. They'll, be, they'll probably most likely beat Rutgers. They'll lose to Michigan, lose, beat Michigan State, and lose to Ohio State. 
people were talking about Nebraska having the toughest schedule in the Big Ten, but Indiana has probably the worst schedule of all the teams right now. I'm looking at it. I mean, really, when you've got road games at Camp Randall against Wisconsin and at uh, the Shoe against Ohio State, I mean, really? Speaking of Wisconsin, after the debut of their quarterback, uh, he got COVID. And not only yeah, that, that was, but uh, so did that third-string quarterback. That was about the most Wisconsin thing ever. You finally find a quarterback for having garbage quarterbacks since Russell Wilson, and now he's got COVID. So Mertz, I mean, he went 20 for 21, 248, five touchdowns, straight out of NCAA. And, uh, yeah, now he's out. And so the third-string quarterback – God only knows what's happened to the other quarterback. He he may have to isolate because, he, you know, the quarterback room and stuff like that. Big was Ten co- also mandates a 21-day quarantine after a positive test. That was kind of one of the big things the Big Ten's doing differently from the other conferences is that 21-day kind of quarantine starting now. And in that 21 days, uh, Wisconsin will play Nebraska, Purdue, and at the end of that 21-day period, Michigan. Now, I think he should be back by Michigan. Uh, I think he'll clear it by a couple of days. But still, that's that's still you know concerning that you have to play Michigan. But speaking of this Nebraska team, Wisconsin's a four-and-a-half-point favorite on the road against Nebraska. Uh, we'll see how that changes throughout the week. But they will be without two of their quarterbacks. Um, so, Golly, if there's any if there's any year where your offensive line better be good and you have a good running back for Wisconsin, it better be this year because you're gonna have to you're gonna have to need it. Yeah, I mean it's it's tough for Wisconsin really, but I mean it looks like they've got some good running back play. They had two running backs over 60 yards last week, and another with 36 yards. They've got they've got a decent group there, but um, still, you know, you'd like to have that quarterback because they haven't had one in forever. You'd like to have one there. I mean. You know, we talk about the SCB in a mess. The Big Ten is a mess because by the end of next week, we're looking at a variety of things going on. We're looking at Penn State potentially being out of the top 25 and in last place in the Big Ten. We're looking at possibly Indiana or Rutgers being tied for first place. Northwestern could be in first place. Um, and don't blink, but Liberty may be ranked next week. That's exciting. With Malik Willis at quarterback. I mean, Hugh Freeze knows what he's doing. I mean, clearly, because that team has looked very, very good. Now, I, I will say this. To be fair to uh, – what is Liberty? Is Liberty independent? Yeah, I'm trying to quickly find them uh, on here. I want to I say they're independent. I think they are, yes. Taking a look at Liberty's schedule, they're 6-0. They got Virginia Tech, Western Carolina, NC State, UMass and they end the season against Coastal Carolina. They don't have UMass. Yes, they do. I'm looking at it right now. UMass is on that schedule. I'm looking at the schedule. It's not here. Unless UMass is not playing this year, but they're definitely UMass isn't playing this year. UMass is zero and one, so they played no, somebody. You UMass's coach was like, "Yeah, we're not playing." They played. They played play Georgia Southern this past week. What the heck? UMass is UMass has risen from the grave. They did and not it, play Georgia Southern this past week. They played Georgia Southern uh, two weeks ago. Oh, uh, you know what I meant. You know my days are off. They got three games on their schedule. 
They got number 19 Marshall in like a month. They're, they have a I month know, off. If we get... I think, I think UMass is just playing the, the raise money at this point. They're, it's like a charity. They're flying your room or something? Yes. Okay, I, I, thought you, I thought you were just going crazy, but... It's annoying because it won't land. But yeah, no, but, we're looking at we're looking at a Liberty team that can run the table. They won't get into the top. I don't. They they probably won't even sniff the top ten. But if we get undefeated Liberty versus undefeated Coastal Carolina at the end of the season, we have to lose one of those teams. I'm gonna be sad. I'm gonna be very. I mean, you, you you may want to bet on Coastal Carolina because they probably have the better chance at you know the ranking side, right? If 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 you if you wanna you know if you want a team that has a history of Getting into an improbable championship game and winning, Coastal Carolina's your team. I mean, looking at it right now, I mean, if Cincinnati wins out, they very likely will be in the top four. Here's hoping, right? They did, the only, they did take that SMU. Take, standing in front of them is two SEC teams, so one of those teams is going to get knocked out by the other. Um, well, as a matter of fact, Georgia's already lost once, so I mean, if Georgia loses a second time, they will go behind them. Then you've got Notre Dame and Clemson. You say that, but I'm not. I'm not really sure that they would go behind them. I don't know. They should. It would. It, it would depend on a lot of things. They're gonna. They're gonna either lose to Florida or they're gonna lose to Alabama again. Fair. But for, think, for Cincinnati, they have Memphis, Houston, East Carolina, UCF, Temple, and Tulsa left on their schedule. So no ranked opponents. You just gotta hope for. So far, though. You just gotta hope for a little bit of chaos up in front of you. I mean, they just um, they just destroyed SMU. They did. So that that's potential, but if this flight and lands so I can hit it, I'm gonna lose it. Davis, what's your takeaway from college football since you've been quiet for the last ten minutes? You know, uh, uh, take some Benadryl. I'm about to actually give me a second. I'm gonna see if I have any. Y'all talk. Uh, y'all covered it very well. I need to clear my nose. We've been talking for 20 minutes. You couldn't have done it then, Alex. What'd you say to me? I said we've been talking for 20 minutes. You couldn't have done it then. Wow. He's just gonna leave. Wow, ladies and gentlemen. That's fair. On the extra point, Davis Carroll, worst How- pickup player ever. I can still hear you. I can still hear you. I know you can still hear us, but uh, we have to stand up the whole show. That's what I'm about to do. I'm gonna stand up. He's gonna stand up. Oh no! Look what you did, Alex. Have we covered everything in college football? Um, let me see. Did they actually win? Oh, they did. Good for them. Y'all are my refrigerator. Good. Okay, like, Kansas State really had to lose to Arkansas State at the beginning of the year. What the heck? They could be undefeated. I don't have any Benadryl, Jared. Well, I was Advil. Does that help with stuffy noses? I don't think so. You need some more I guess medication. I have technically have acetaminophen. Well, I'm looking at the numbers me. right now, Jared, and Indiana j- jumped 28 spots. Heck, yeah, they did. Got to be a record, right? Uh... Yeah, no, it is. I was thinking of college basketball when, well, it was Michigan that jumped from unranked to, like, three to unranked again. Yeah, no, that would, that. That was crazy. That was good. 
That was that was a pretty good twenty twenty, but nobody knew. Nobody knew. Um, the only rank versus rank matchup this upcoming week is uh Penn State and Ohio State. Other than that, I mean, th- there are some potential upsets on here, but there's always potential upsets. I mean, go ahead and put. I would say, if we're being honest, you got to put Florida, uh, Kansas State, Coastal Carolina, Wisconsin, Indiana, and Ohio State on early upset alert. I don't think Ohio State's. I, th- I think Penn State is bad. I think, yeah, no, you're right. Penn State's not as good as it used to be, but. We do know that Penn State Ohio State matchup every year is bonkers, so you never know what's going to happen. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. So early upset alert. Even though I think Ohio State's going to run away with that by plus twenty points, just go ahead and just know that that game can can be weird. Uh, anything else on college football before we before we head out on college football? Nothing here. I'm trying to look at other pick'em uh, records. Jacob got 24 wins. Uh, Andy got 26, so we we definitely beat up on Andy a good bit. I mean, Alex and I were the only were, were the only two people above 30. A blind squirrel finds a nut sometimes. And I think Caleb was I forgot I forget what number Caleb had, but he was like fourth overall. But I would say we did a, a pretty yeah. Caleb got twenty eight. Good job. I hope they I hope they uh, they invite us back to that next time. That was fun. Yes, this time will be more robust. Okay, we're gonna have a lot more things. That's about okay. to say yeah. Really, I think I think yeah. I think this was very much a sort of trial and error edition. You know what I'm saying? Especially because we didn't know where Jacob was until he showed up. Also that. Also that. But hey, uh, I mean. We want to run it back, so. We are going to run it back. Davis, where are you at now? No, I'm sitting on my bed. Oh, okay. I don't know where you are I'm just going to take a tour of my apartment. I'm going to move around every few minutes. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. All right, it is for college football. That was a good 35-minute segment on college football. Uh, let's head over. I guess we can go MLB. Let's, let's quick do college basketball, MLB, and then we'll head over to the NFL to wrap up the show. College basketball. If you haven't heard the news from yesterday, ESPN has canceled plans for tournaments down in uh, the worldwide Disney Resort sports thing. Yeah, I should probably know that considering my check comes from there. Uh, but uh, news coming in late last night is that I believe Fort Myer, I believe it's Fort Myer, is emerging as a spot for Auburn Gonzaga. So, Auburn Gonzaga is supposed to square off in one of these tournaments. It got postponed um, because of ESPN just not having the... They couldn't come to an agreement on it. And now, these other spots are trying to pick up these games. That way, they, they can play them. So, Auburn's schedule, we just don't know what it looks like right now. We know they're supposed to play Gonzaga. We know they're supposed to play Baylor. Uh, that's pretty much it. Because they haven't even released the SEC schedule, as far as I know. And believe me, the moment we find out, I will let you guys know. But even us who are pretty well connected with uh, Auburn basketball, it's still, yeah, we don't know. Alex, 
I, I'm, I, I have to assume there's no fly in there. You're just going crazy. No, there is. I don't think there well, is. Well, then kill it. I'm trying. I don't think there is. Is that a folder named music? Yep. Is that for music appreciation? Yep. You poor sucker. You're, you're gonna swing that and all your papers are gonna fly out and I'm gonna laugh. I almost got it. Uh, did you get it? I thought I heard a smack. Use your hand, dude, not the folder. Yeah, Mr. Miyagi. I I'm playing maximum surface area. I used to be able to pluck flies out the air with my, with my cold, bare hands. That's what my mom does, basically. She's a beast at it. Anyway. Oh. But yes, Auburn basketball. When will they play? Nobody knows. But, well. Maybe we'll, Bruce does. I feel like Bruce might know. I mean, I'm all for a Alabama uh, tournament between Auburn, Alabama, Troy, UAB. You mean just so we South can Alabama, win? too? It depends on how many Alabama teams you want to get in there, right? Because Alabama's actually decent at basketball. Eventually, so. you got to have a cutoff, right? You can, you Alabama would have made the NCAA tournament last year if they hadn't canceled it. Like, okay, you have Auburn, Alabama, and UAB. you got you got to have those three, right? And then, yeah. then we have to have discussions about, like, Troy, because I have no idea what Troy basketball looks like. I'm going to be honest. They're probably not good. Uh, South Alabama's a team. You have five. Uh... Who else would you get from South Alabama? I mean, I don't want to start throwing in like North Alabama and stuff like that because South Alabama. I mean, you got yeah. South Alabama, Spring uh, Hill. All right, calm down. <laughs> Talking about big schools here. Hey, you know Spring Hill was the first team to ever play uh, Alabama in football. So, did they win? Yes, actually. Okay, I'm maybe, pretty sure they did. Maybe maybe we get them in there. Get them back into the SEC. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I would think a uh, a nice little Alabama, not bubble per se, because they're kind of already in a bubble, but... Are there any other like, good teams in Alabama besides the ones we just named? No, not really. I mean, there's... there's I mean, North Alabama has a team, but I don't know if they're good. There's, like, Alabama Huntsville and all that, but you can, I don't think... You can, yeah, you can bring in UAH. You can you bring in Alabama State, right? But... AUM. You can bring in Al Auburn University, Montgomery. Let's not. Uh, but I don't. You bring in Montgomery, the one you know, like the Yellow Jackets in Montgomery, where they are. They have the bumblebees. You know what I'm talking about? No. You know the the, the school in Montgomery, Alabama State. Is the it Alabama I, State? The one I, I just know. said, who are definitely. I'm trying to get so offended, man. I didn't know. Who are definitely hornets and not bumblebees. No, they have the dancers, the bumblebees. Oh, yeah, yeah, they do, but... That's why the I said they're like the hornets, but they also have the bumblebees. Guys, please, can we actually just talk about actual sports rather than this? Hey. Alex, don't you were having fun naming kids' names last week. Don't act like you weren't. No, Davis, you yelling about uh, this team, that they're, yeah, they're that team. They're, no, wait, they're, they're, they're another team, and you guys... Oh, Alex, wants to, Alex wants to get like that now. I just Alabama tournament with all those teams would sound pretty fun. That's it. That's I agree. It. I agree. It's also a potential avenue for Auburn to start four and zero. There's that, and we could rotate it between who hosts it, which I think it'll be fair that only Alabama, Auburn, and UAB can host it, or it just all stays at UAB at Legacy. I mean, 
South Alabama has a good has a good arena. All right, Georgia we're not State. we're not we're not doing that. Sorry, but they do have a good arena actually. No, we're not doing that. So. The big money teams talk. That's how this works. All right, of course. Well, you I know mean, that. I mean, a year ago Auburn wasn't a big money team, so hey, that changed. That changed. Okay, of course it did. It definitely big money, big money. I agree. Uh, but we'll we'll see what happens with uh, Auburn's early schedule. Gonzaga and Baylor will still be played. At least Baylor is at Baylor's place. We do know that, so that yeah. that that shouldn't be in jeopardy. But the Gonzaga game, which Auburn's early uh, OOC conference, uh, doesn't look easy. Which I guess is a good thing for a young team, right? That you go ahead and yeah. I play mean, these tough teams. I think it's important to stress at this moment that this year will very likely be a building year with none of these players declaring for the draft. I think that's a likely possibility unless some of them blow up and have an amazing season. So very much, you know, not as I would say, don't put nearly as much pressure on this team as say maybe, you know, two years ago or last year, because most of these guys, if not all of them are going to be back next year. Alex, give it to me straight. Does that mean <coughs> Does that mean we're gonna be middle of the pack this year? No, I'm just I'm just saying don't be so frustrated if Auburn goes in as like an eighth seed in the NCAA tournament. That's fine. Like again, it's it really is not so much like this team. That's just that again, they're building everything from the ground up. Like we thought the year before when they lost, you know, Jared and Bryce and Schumann, all those guys was difficult. This year they lost even more. They have no seniors on this team, which is a good and bad thing, right? No, it is. It's and again, it's a very good thing because I think. I think no matter what, I think the following year, not this upcoming season, but the next season, I think they will be phenomenal. I really do. I'm just saying that this year, you know, and again, last year's team was better than I expected them to be, so the same thing can apply. I just think that, you know, it's important to err on the side of caution because I think with the way Auburn basketball has had this meteoric rise, fans have not, you know, adjusted the fact they're not all going to be Final Four run teams. I know last year there was a lot of frustration about some of the games they lost, which there should have been because there were some bad games they shouldn't have lost, but still. I think Yeah. Yesterday I was looking at the Auburn schedule from last year and I was like, man, we lost a lot more games than I thought we did. Yeah. It's cause it's cause, you know, the games that counted LSU and Kentucky and all those, they won. I think our fans are getting spoiled. You know what? You're not wrong about that. And the moment you know how Alabama fans are when they lost to Auburn, they were like, Fire saving, fire saving. If we have a mediocre season this year, everybody's gonna there's gonna be fans calling for to fire Bruce, and they're gonna be like, "Oh, we're terrible now." Even though, as you just if said, if I see someone call for the firing of Bruce, someone's going to because if if Alabama fans can say to fire Saban after what? How long has he been coaching there? Oh, what what? Oh wait, right? Thirteen years of top of the pack, best football in the nation. Most most of the years, and then one time they lose, they're like, "Oh, we gotta fire him." Like genuinely yeah, thinking was- that. There was a fire save petition after the Iron Bowl last year. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm referring to. And those yeah. are people being those are people being actually being serious. Some weren't, but a lot were. It's kind of crazy that Saban's been there for only 13 years. It seems like a lot, it's a lot longer than that. He's been good for the entirety of it. That's fair. But um, yeah, I think if Auburn isn't that good this year, or as good, people are going to call for the fire of Bruce, and they're going to hey, be stupid, and I will laugh at them. If as long here. as long as we get to the tournament, I'm okay. Okay, what if we it, lose it, in like the second round? Or even the first round. It depends how we lose, right? 
Either way, I'm not going to be upset. Uh, I'm not either. I'm but, not either. But I'm saying like people are going to be like, oh, our team's actually we're we're back to being terrible. We only had two good years. No, fluke. The, the fact that Auburn's going to go to well, what I mean, I don't know when the last time Auburn's been to three straight NCAA tournament appear uh game uh three straight going on four right. Let's be honest, Auburn was going to go either way last year, right? But this would be what fourth straight. But how I, many people watched a single game before we went to that first one? Not I a did. lot. Not a lot. Not a lot is the point. Look, I remember I remember my first experience watching Auburn basketball was Auburn women's basketball. It was a year they went to like the Sweet 16, I believe, and they lost. And I was like, oh, shucks. But then I went to school, and then I finally started getting into Auburn basketball. And I think I told you guys this story. But uh, look it up. Auburn versus Mercer. It was in December. Uh, it was Bruce's, like, I believe, second year. And I was actually at the announcer desk working. And uh, TJ Dunnans hit a game-winning three in the corner to beat Mercer on a buzzer beater. And I thought that that was going to be the highlight of Auburn basketball while I was there. Little did you know, Jared. Little did, Little you know. did I know. That team slowly but surely will build into a Final Four contender and to what they are now, which is one of the top teams. Now, I will say this. Arizona did get a notice of allegations the other day. This is all stemming from that FBI bust, okay? Arizona got, I believe, nine notices of uh, uh, notices of uh, allegations that they're, they're trying to keep hush-hush, but it'll get out eventually. Um, Auburn's been kind of mum on it, right? Uh, we don't know what's going to come out of that for Auburn. As far as I know, it's apparently not going to be that bad, but who knows? But know that those are still trickling out. So don't don't overreact like half of Twitter will when Auburn gets hit with something, right? So just know that that's out there. Uh, that does for college basketball. That'll be oh, coming up hold soon. Up, hold up. So this this like investigation and stuff that they're gonna get hit with is that still stemming from the Purifoy Wiley stuff that happened a decade ago? It feels like pretty much. Uh, that stuff bothered well, me already, but of course, I mean justice moves slow. Okay. No, like <laughs> the tortoise's pace. I remember they they suspended Wiley and Purifoy for a year so they could investigate. They're like, all right, investigation done. You're suspended for another year, and I'm like, really? Look, which then you know. Suspension uh, forced Purifoy to start bricking every shot he threw up. So, I mean, you know, clearly that had a dramatic effect. But, uh, whatever. And then on top of that, uh, well, look at it this way. If you go to North Carolina, you don't have to take actual classes. That's what I got out of it. So, there is that. Yeah. Let's move on to the World Series. It's three two Dodgers. We haven't talked about it since like the day of the beginning of the World Series. Fast forward is three two. Um, I don't know how the gauntlet looks because I I'm just not looking at the gauntlet until uh, it's all said and done. But I do know that I picked Dodgers in six, so I'm sitting pretty good right now. They can get this win. I'm sitting pretty good right now. Uh, but. Kind of the big highlights is the Dodgers and Rays trading back and forth. Obviously, we know how game four ended. It ended on a wild play. Two errors. 
Rosa and Reina diving into home, a walk-off win, uh, and then the next game, the Dodgers clamped down, Clayton Kershaw dealing. Kershaw looking pretty good, I, I gotta admit, uh, through his first two starts in the World Series. If they go Game 7, you may see him again, uh, come out for like maybe a couple of innings, but the Dodgers are looking to close it out tonight. Uh, against the Rays as they had a they had a day off. And man, I guess first let's just start with this. What what are the takeaways in the World Series so far? I mean, these are two very evenly matched teams. I mean, you know, this is of course they are the two number one seeds in the in the league, so that makes sense. But I mean this is a been a very good series between two very good teams and, you know, there's always the whole, oh, you hate to see someone lose uh, nonsense people say at the end of games. But, I mean, really, because both these teams are capable of winning the World Series. It's just that, you know, they run into each other. I mean, really, you know, back and forth games, it, it's just been a good series. And it's two very good teams, but I think the Dodgers are just that much better. Now, there there is a slight concern for the Dodgers. Blake Snell's on the mound for the Rays. That's, that's, that's one thing. But on the mound for the Dodgers is Tony Gonsolin. And, you know, he's played in three games this postseason. He started two. He's only went seven and two-thirds innings. So he doesn't have a lot of innings pitched in three games. Was he the one that allowed the error from game... Uh, what a game four, game five, was that uh, was that someone else? Was that Gonzalez maybe? Are you talking about he allowed the? Uh, he allowed the ga- the two game winning runs to come in when they had the error at the plate. I don't believe so because he started last Wednesday. Okay, okay. And he only went one and one third before he got pulled. So. Oh, yeah, it's someone totally different. Yeah. He didn't have a great outing. He did not have a great outing. For whatever reason it may be. But he is starting tonight for the Dodgers. But the Dodgers, as we know, uh, yeah, you can score five runs against the Dodgers, but you got to be careful because the Dodgers team can easily score ten or more if you let them. As Braves fans found out pretty quickly. Uh, Mookie Betts, uh, that whole squad, Max Muncy, who had a bomb of a shot in the last game that just watched that thing go. Uh, Corey Seager, I mean, this is a stacked team from top to bottom full of hitters. Not that, not that the Rays aren't, right? Or We already know the story of Randy Orozarena and kind of how he's gotten where he's gotten to. But uh, this is a Dodgers team that, you know, felt cheated last year. They were cheated out of a World Series. They, they are on the brink of it again. They feel like they probably should have already won the World Series because of how Game 4 ended. right? They had it. They just let it go. Uh, I think they're ready to just shut this thing down and bring the World Series back to L.A. So Yeah, I feel like it kind of is their series to lose because the games the Rays have won have been like walk-offs, basically. The first one was that home run, right? Was that a home run, or was that, I think that that was just a base hit, a walk-off base hit, I guess you could say. And then this, the other one was a walk-off error. So, technically, you could say that the Dodgers could have won in four. You know, it's or no, no, they've won three games, right? Or how many games have they won? Who? The Rays? 
The Rays only won two. Never mind. Yeah. This is They're game trying six. to tie to three tonight. Yeah. Yeah. The Rays got to win two in a row. But I don't know. I don't know, man. They can. They can. They can win this game. They can win today. But tomorrow. But tomorrow. But the uh, the times they've won, they've come late in the game. They're not having leads the whole game. Yeah. They're like, definitely so they playing from behind. Off. They're definitely playing from behind most games, and trying to catch up, which is never good. But uh, the, the Dodgers are just that good of a team that you're always playing from behind. Uh, I've not really have a chance. I think I, I now realize that it's the the championships for this year are coming down to just Tampa Bay and LA. I mean, you got you got the Lightning over in Florida. You had uh, Lakers versus Heat. So just California versus Florida, it seems like, in a lot of these matchups. Uh, what does that mean for the NFL? I don't know. Tom Brady versus... Oakland, I guess. They're in Las well, no, Vegas. They're, yeah, they're in Las Vegas. Oh, how did I forget about that? That's embarrassing. Tom Brady oh. versus Justin Herbert. That's not gonna happen. Uh, I'm trying to feel. I'm trying to see how how I feel about that game. I don't know how I feel about that game. Uh, but well about it. Let's let's do this, Davis. Who wins Game Six tonight between the Rays and the Dodgers? I think the Rays will be able to pull it out. Alex, I think the Rays will win, but I think the Dodgers will win in seven. I went Ray. Uh, I'm sorry. I went Dodgers in six on the pick on. I think I did too, but I'm gonna say the Rays for a better series. I'll uh I'll break for the norm. I'll go I'll go Dodgers win tonight. I think that uh they'll be motivated. I think they're gonna just what I'm hoping that doesn't happen, but I have a sneaky feeling that it will, is that this is gonna be one of those games that's over in like the third inning. You know what I'm saying? Like, what if the Dodgers just come out and just score ten runs in the first inning again? And it's like, well, that's that. I got to sit here for three more hours and watch the Dodgers get to the ninth inning. I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's actually going to happen, but that would be a horrible way to end a really good World Series that the Dodgers just beat the Rays head in with a bat. Which, yeah, exactly. Uh, that does it for World Series talk. Let's go over to the NFL, which we will finally wrap up the show. Uh, Man, you know, hold up. Yeah, yeah, no, I won't even. The Cowboys don't even deserve Cowboys Corner today. I don't know what happened. The Cowboys were dismantled in front of everybody, in front of America. And, uh,. Yeah, no, that's, that's that's all I can really say about that. You talking about the Cowboys? Yes, the, the team I was talking about the last minute, the Cowboys. That was hilarious. That's all I'm gonna say about that. That was absolutely hilarious. My brother, you know, we have NFL Sunday Ticket, uh, and only one person can stream it at a time, you know. So, Jackson's like, "Hey, can I get it this week? Because I've got it the last week, so I'm like, sure, I guess so." Even though he could go to my parents' house and watch the lecture one. And then he texts me at halftime. He's like, I'm going to give it back to you because you deserve to see the Cowboys get beat that badly. And I was like, got a little emotional there for a second. 
But then I started laughing at the pathetic performance from the Cowboys. I saw, you know, Cole Holcomb uh, destroy Ezekiel Elliott. That was funny. Um, the fact that the Cowboys somehow could not stop Washington's offense despite the fact that they have not scored over 20 points since December 1st of 2019. That was funny. I mean, it was honestly an embarrassment. And now Mike Nolan had to stop a Zoom call because he got hot sauce in his eyes. So there's that. So the Cowboys defensive coordinator really knows what he's doing. Um, Look. The Cowboys are struggling. Pathetic. They're struggling, okay. Um, they're having a tough go at it. All right. It's, it's been a tough road for those boys. And uh, let's talk about that hit on Andy Dalton. How about that? Yeah, that was not great. That was not um, great at all, actually. Not great at all. Definitely <laughs> didn't. wasn't happy to see that for a variety of reasons. Did you now- made some good throws, though? What? The Nuchu came in, made some good throws. Yeah, it didn't really matter because the Cowboys went all that way just to kick a field goal. So, hey, but look on the bright side: Sunday night football, Cowboys Eagles. Um, I'm technically rooting for the Cowboys on this one, but I know they're not going to win, so that's tough. Carson Wentz has ten touchdowns and ten interceptions. That's just. And, the, and Dallas has one quarterback and the worst defense on the hey, planet. Hey, they'll have two. They'll get the practice squad guy. This is the first time they didn't allow over 30 points, and that's because Washington got all the way to the one-yard line and couldn't punch it in. Hey, but but Kyle Allen, though, MVP. Popped off. He popped off. He was not the MVP of that game. He looked, he looked good, though, so don't act like he, he did. He did look better. But again, Dallas, is, it's, like, it's like Auburn gets Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Worst defense on the planet. We knew we knew Kyle Allen was good though, so it's okay. Kyle no. Allen, Kyle Allen, about to go on a tear with a two-game winning streak before he loses to the Lions. He's got I mean, three more games to win, brother. Washington has a bye before they've got. <sighs> they've got the Giants, Lions, Bengals, and Cowboys, all winnable games. But then they run into the Steelers. Ugh. I like how you start the Steelers when after that they had the 49ers, Seahawks. Panthers and Eagles. They really, they really needed to win that game last week against the against the Giants. They needed to win that game, and it's annoying that they didn't. But at the end of the day, I just at this point of the season want to see you know positive, you know, performances from guys who will be here next year, like Montez Sweat, who they traded up for to draft in the first round last year, was really good against Dallas and has been really good this year. That's a positive. Hey, but Washington did, did get another win the other day. That's that that that's something. Yeah. When I mean, now not only did they win against the Cowboys, but Riverboat Ron, he's done with his chemo and he rang he that is. bell. So that's another dub. Congrats to Ron. Indeed. I mean, not only they got that bye week, they got two weeks prepared for the Giants. Uh, while the Giants got to play the Bucks this weekend. Ouch. Ooh, Monday Night Football. That could be a good game. But actually, no, the, Gi- the Giants don't stand a chance. So there's that. I mean, the season is right there for the taking for them to get the, uh, you know, the division and then, you know, lose by 40 in the wild card round. But, hey. But to kind of just wrap kind of just wrap it up what happened on Sunday, the Falcons accidentally scored a touchdown and they blew a lead again. They, uh, they, they really find new ways to lose football games, don't they? They really do. It's Baker, crazy. 
Baker started out bad, but then got hot as they came back from behind to beat the Bengals. The Steelers and Titans almost had a snafu at the end. What? But uh, let's not forget Baker's played great, but he also toured Odell Beckham's ACL, so that's tough. Well, we can't win them all. <laughs> no, we can't you win can't. them all. Uh, the Steelers and Titans. This game was interesting because the Steelers got to a big lead. The Titans were coming back. And then the CBS feed died for like 30 yeah. seconds. And then I looked over to my dad and I told him, look what's going to happen. Right? The, the feed goes down. Nobody knows what's going on. We're going to come back. And the Steelers are up by 10 because the NFL wants them to win. They didn't that's, happen, but it was that's close. Bold. That's bold. Uh, the Saints beat the Panthers on what would have been a Joey Sly game tying 65 yard field goal it Davis, was so close I want you to walk me through the emotions of watching the Panthers put out their field goal team for a 65 yard attempt you know he went out there I was like I know he can kick it but I don't think he can kick it this far and I was like I mean it's probably those 65 yard kicks are either right on line but short or they're they're wide wide right left right, yeah so I was like okay um, he's probably gonna kick it wide because he does that sometimes so like he was ramping up and he kicked it and it was straight. It was straight on. I stood up. I was like, "Oh my god, he's about to make this!" And then it and then it fe- it went, and I couldn't tell if it went through or not. But when the refs did the no good, I sat back down and I was sad because it yes. one more one if if the Panthers hadn't taken that sack, he would have made that. I mean, when I, it it might have grazed the bottom of the bar. Like, that's he would have made it, it. He was like two yards short. I swear, that was like, oh my gosh! And that yeah, would have been the long, that would have been the longest kick in NFL history if he made it. That was a heck of a kick. He put it. He put. He gave it all out there. So that's... that would have broke the Panthers' record. It's sixty three from Graham Gano. Ugh, Gano. Hey Gano, you know, but Panthers fall short against the Saints. We played uh, good that game though. I they they, they did play good, and the Panthers. I know they're three and four. But with an expanded playoffs, uh, they're probably the best three and fourteen that I've seen out of here. So let's go. The Panthers are still chugging along. The Bills they won ugly, but they won eighteen to ten versus the Jets. The Jets. I want you to get. I want you to guess how many total yards the Jets had in the second half. Oh, they had one hundred ninety overall. So I'm gonna say it was like forty. I want to get the exact number because I don't want to be wrong about this. But the Jets had, I believe, two yards in the second half. No, they didn't. Somebody double-check me on that. I am almost 100% sure that they had. It was something dramatically short. Like, it was that bad. All right. Um, getting getting an article on offense, miserable failure, in second half, okay. The two or um, twenty, but I remember two being. Okay, in so here, here it is. After a fast start, relatively, the Jets looked the way. They had four, three fourth quarter drives resulted in minus one yard, three yards, and minus ten yards. Yes, you read that right. Three series minus eight yards. In the second half, the Jets totaled four yards of offense. Boom! Oh my goodness, that's bad. That is the worst I've ever seen. Four that is, that yards is, that is, of total offense. That is NCAA 14 against um, an F, the FCS uh, generic team. I'll put it that, this way. The Jets currently have more losses than they did total yards in the second half. 
That is so bad. I'm kind of in awe of how bad that is, actually. It's, it's so bad, it's actually impressive, right? Like, that's yeah. impressive. Not to mention, that was the closest I think the Jets would be to winning a game all year. I really don't think they stand a chance against anybody they play. Even the even the Patriots on Monday Night Football, that'll just be Cam's comeback game. I mean, really. That, I mean, Buffalo handed it to him with a Auburn 2016-esque performance. I mean, and don't blink, but don't look at the next opponent because that, that can't end well. The, that the cannot Chiefs end well. might score 70. The Chiefs might be the first NFL team to score 70 since I don't know who, but they might do it. The Chiefs may actually make that team fold. I mean, they just they just scored they just scored 43 on a good Denver Broncos defense. Denver's not a bad team on the defensive side of the ball. And wow. All right, we're going to start taking our bets here. The Jets' next games are Chiefs, Patriots, which, oh, we haven't talked about the Patriots yet. Uh, Chargers, Dolphins, Raiders, Seahawks, Rams, Browns, and then Patriots again. Where is a win on that schedule? Who who falls to the Jets? Um, okay. They will not lose. They will not beat the Raiders, Seahawks, and Chiefs. Those are all guarantees. They will not win. They will not beat the Chargers. The best option is at home against the Dolphins or at home against the Patriots. Because the Patriots looked awful, and the Dolphins, I do not think Tua. We, I mean, so far this year, only one tag of Iloa has already played football, and he had the worst game of the season. With yeah, how Maryland. did Maryland do? Did they win. Uh, oh. They lost 40-3 to to Northwestern. Oh, no, the nerds are back. Yeah, no, Jared, did you, not, did you actually not see, see the score of that game? You know, I well, I had to look at all the scores in order to do the pick but I don't think I paid attention that much to what was going on. Okay, so they lost 43-3 to Northwestern uh, to his brother, who, um, whose first name I cannot remember. Talia. All right, Talia. He went 14 for 25 for 94 yards and three interceptions. He was benched. Oh, that was a Matt Corral-type performance. Okay. Also, hey, hold up. He also, had, he also had three rushing attempts for negative 16 yards. That brings oh, his great total yardage to 78, 78 yards. Oh, look, I can do math. That makes two of us. Wow. And I'm the third. That is just terrible. So, yeah, um... That game is a game the Jets can lose or win, I mean. But even then, they find ways to lose football games. So, you know. I mean. Also a reminder that all the Bills' points came from field goals. They didn't score a touchdown. There was no touchdown in that game. Yeah. Yeah, their field goal kicker, who I think uh, maybe was he was he an undrafted free agent? He might have been. He had a great, great game. Good for him. Good for Either him. way, he ain't the best kicker in the league, though. I know who is. Who is that, Jared? He plays on my team. Your team. Former Georgia Bulldog, Rodrigo Blankenship. Leading scorer in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, we know. Codename, Goggles. Leading scorer in the NFL. Yeah, he's the best. But, yeah, uh, I don't know where another loss is. I don't know where another win is on the schedule. I would say the Patriots, but there's no way the Patriots play bad again. They're like that, that had to be a fluke, right? Not to mention, let's not forget, you know, this is on Adam Gase, but Sam Darnold is having a horrible year so far. Remember when you told me to close the trade for Sam Darnold? 
Get that mess out of here, yeah. Well, okay, Adam Gase is part of the reason he's having a terrible year. There's that. Yes, Adam Gase, you you hire him. He's codenamed the cleaner. You hire him to destroy your franchise and get a first-round pick and clean house. That way you hit the reset button. I mean, they might they might go 0-16 for the first time ever for the Jets. I mean, I'm here for it. Trevor Lawrence better Trevor Lawrence better either ask for a trade or just not go to the NFL because I, I am scared for that man's future. Well, and Eli Manning. Remember Eli with the Chargers? He was like, yeah, it's not happening. And, you know, for the most part, I guess it worked out for Eli. He got two Super Bowl rings out of it. Philip Rivers got nothing. He's currently stuck with the Colts. So, worked out well for him. Um, I mean, it, not to I mean, this week was chaos. Russell Wilson has his worst game of the year. Easily. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Let, let, let's keep going down the list. We talked about Washington and Dallas. Packers, Texans. I mean, it went as about as well as you think it would. Texans. Aaron Rodgers is good. Texans, one and six. They're trash. They're going to be heading to a rebuild. Uh, Buccaneers just dismantling the Raiders. TB12 just doing his thing. Chiefs putting points on the Broncos, 43-16. All right, 49ers, Patriots. 33-6. I believe this is Bill Belichick's worst loss in, like, ever, I believe. This is a bad loss for him. Uh, Cam Newton, 9 for 15, 98 yards, three picks, three interceptions for, for Cam. He gets benched for another Auburn quarterback, Jared Stidham, and he's buns. I'm starting to think that Auburn quarterbacks aren't getting the best reputation in the NFL. Everybody pretending Sidham was going to be some great quarterback always bothered me because we saw him at Auburn and he regressed and was not a good quarterback. He was not good at Auburn. Or he's not great at Auburn. I mean, he was all right. You know, he was, he was a decent quarterback, but he was not a great, now, great quarterback. Here's my, here's my question, though. Here's my question. This is an interesting topic to discuss. Uh-oh. Is Jarrett Stidham's struggles in NFL a result of Gus Malzahn not able to develop quarterbacks? If Jarrett Stidham was somewhere else, he would be the answer. If Jarrett Stidham stayed at Baylor, or if Jarrett Stidham stayed in the Big 12, which is good at offense, or if Jarrett Stidham even went to like Michigan State or Michigan or anything like that, if he stayed away from Auburn, would he develop into a better quarterback? I don't know. Would he be I, in a better situation right now? As as much blame as Gus deserves for a number of things, I mean, we all saw Stidham. It wasn't much a development thing as much as the fact that he, for some reason, thought he was Cam out there scrambling outside the pocket just to launch it into the third row every other game. I mean, it... But if he was given a better offensive line, a better offensive game plan, he might not have had to do that. Maybe. I don't like, know. How, how much of that is on Stidham? How much of that is on the offensive philosophy at Auburn? Because, I mean, guys, let's let, let's sit here and name off all the quarterbacks that Auburn's had since Gus has been there. Sean White, Jared Stidham, Bo Nix, Jeremy Johnson, John Franklin. None of them has worked out for a team that's had playoff aspirations. It's kind of crazy that each year, you know, Auburn has had playoff aspirations they've been a consistent top 10 top 15 team and these quarterbacks just I don't know fizzle out so quickly and don't get me wrong I know Alabama has a streak of that too right because who remembers you know AJ McCarron perennial backup or who remembers you know 
uh, God, what's what his name? Coker. Uh, Coker, who I believe is still like Arizona. Uh, I'm trying to think of Blake Sims. Blake Sims, right? Like nobody remembers that Alabama quarterbacks. Uh, it's been just the past couple of years where you have Tua and Mac Jones who look really, really good, right? Alabama was the star at having quarterbacks that won national championships, but they were game managers, so they never worked out in the NFL. Auburn's has just hasn't had that, hasn't had the success. The only successful quarterback out of Auburn the last 20 years is Cam Newton. That's it. I mean, no, 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 no. I'll take that back. I'm sorry. I forgot about him. Jason Campbell. I'm so sorry about that. Jason Campbell's pretty successful in my book. It's easy to forget about Jason Campbell because that was like early 2000s, but Jason Campbell as well. So Auburn's had two. Auburn's had two. Um, but other than that, man, I don't know. But either way, no matter what happens, that means, guess what? The Patriots suck. That always makes Jared happy. Screw the Patriots. Uh, and then Jaguars losing to the Chargers 39-29. There's been rumors that Gardner Minshew may be benched because of how bad the Jaguars are doing. They're 1-6. They're not doing great. Uh, so Minshew mania may be short-lived as uh, we have Texans-Jaguars this week. Uh, both of these 1-6 teams, they'll be facing off. The Jags are just not a good enough team. Minshew should not be benched. He's not the issue. I mean, what is the issue? Other than Doug Marone. He's a he's a head coach, right? I did get I that correct. No I believe he I mean, is. Just, we'll, we'll, we'll roll with it. It might as well like, be Doug Marone. They don't they really don't have a good defense, really. Like they traded all the defensive players and now they give up thirty every game. They've given up 30 every game except the one against the Colts. Huh. Colts. Well, we don't talk uh, about that. They've been in a number of games because of their offense. I mean, Minshew is not the sole issue. I would say he's not playing great, but again, he, I mean, look at his weapons. It's DJ Chark, Chris Conley, you know, James O'Shaughnessy, and LaVisca Chenault Jr. I mean, those are not, you know, wow. High quality weapons for wait team. Is uh is DD Westbrook not on that team anymore? What? DD Westbrook just tore his ACL. Oh. oh my goodness. Yeah, no, he didn't have a lot season. of weapons. I'll do it. But that this past week he did that? Yeah. I oh. think a week before maybe, but he's out, yeah. Dang. Sorry to hear that about they DD. Don't, they don't have enough weapons and it's the same thing for Washington. Same thing for a lot of teams. Like, you know, it wasn't Dwayne Haskins' fault that they were not good. Their weapons are Terry McLaurin and Logan Thomas, who's a former quarterback. So I don't really know. Same thing applies. Scary but, Terry. Uh, Logan Thomas popped off this week, though. That's who? True. Logan Thomas. No, Logan Thomas has gotten a lot better. That's true. But, like, still, that, you know, it's still. Cardinals. It, even then, those are still their two best weapons, and it's not much else after that. Cardinals overtime winning at the Seahawks, thirty-seven thirty-four. Russell Wilson. Uh, it seemed like he short-circuited the last like fifteen minutes of that game, but uh, he still threw for three eighty-eight, three touchdowns, three interceptions. But 
And he knows he could have played better, but it's all right. Uh, Tyler Lockett. Let's start with Tyler Lockett. 15 receptions, 200 yards, three touchdowns. If you have Tyler Lockett on your fantasy team, good job on winning that game this past week. Did you play against Tyler Lockett, Davis? No, I played against Devontae Adams. In the oh. Oh, lost wow. by four points. Hey, it's better than losing oh, by man, one point. 196 yards and two touchdowns. Jeez. Uh, and then the Rams, 24-10 win over the Bears. The highlight of the week, DK Metcalf running down a man and scaring everybody. That's a, that's a bad dude. He sprinted 90 yards to make that tackle. Hey, I want DK Metcalf on my side for when the apocalypse happens. I mean, let's just, like... That draft class, I mean, really, people are just – let's just say the scouting reports on a lot of those receivers was horrendous. Cause, I mean, who are the two best receivers to come out of that class? What, what year is this? That's what? That's uh, 2018, isn't it? I believe. Or wait, no, no. It's uh, 2019 because they were rookies last year. Sure. I get my years mixed up. I'm going to look, I'm going to look at that. Uh, I always feel like DK was going to be the best one out of that draft anyway because – Maybe it's just me, but I have an affinity. I have affinity for big wide receivers that are just muscular. You know what I'm saying? I know they're not fast, they're not flashy, but they're dangerous. I always get possession wide receivers when I draft in Madden. I mean, you've got all right. Let's get fast. Ooh. Mm. First guy drafted: Marquise Brown, Nikhil Harry, Debo Samuel, AJ Brown, Michael Hardman, JJ Arcega, Whiteside, Paris Campbell, Andy Isabel, and then DK Metcalf. All right, yeah, there's a lot of misses on there. Terry McLaurin was drafted um, as the what appears to be 12th or 13th wide receiver in that draft. He has the most yards of any receiver in this draft, so there's that. Um, he also has the most catches of any receiver in that draft, but he's hey, drafted man. 76th. I mean, Miles Boykin drafted 93rd. He's better than a lot of guys, I think. In that draft, especially, I mean, look, J.J. Arcega, Whiteside, and Paris Campbell were two misses. Um, don't, talk, Har- don't talk about Paris Campbell like that. He's still hurt. Uh, you've got Hakeem Butler and Gary Jennings Jr., who both have no no catches. Then, you know, you've got they Darius. May have, they may have opted out or something. Slayton and Hunter Renfro in the hey, round. Darius Those Slayton. A lot better. I mean, really. This is a draft class which just misses overall, starting with Metcalf, who people for some reason thought was not going to be good. Andy Isabel as well, also not a good pick. I mean, I mean, I didn't think it would be this good. I thought he would be good. I didn't think it would be, you know, scary good. He's scary. I mean, the simple fact is you give Terry McLaurin a quarterback and he probably beats everybody out by 200 yards minimum, but, you know, he's only dealing with so little, so he's only beating D- Biased. by about 80. <laughs> what? Nothing. What? You say I you're say biased. Anything, I coughed. Yeah, I mean, I'm not biased. biased. I've watched it and therefore realized that he's the best receiver in that class, but whatever. It's not but a biased. Seahawks fan can watch DK Metcalf wait, and say the same thing about DK. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Did you say that Terry McLaurin's the best receiver out of that class with DK Metcalf? Yep. Yeah. That's exactly what he's Alex, saying. Alex, you need to stop. Nope. You need to stop. You need to stop. No. You realize a Seahawks Alex, fan can watch DK and say the Alex, same exact thing not, about him. Alex, do not die on this hill. I promise you, please do not die on this hill. He's been dying on He said he's going to be a top 10 receiver in like two years. Alex, he please. Is, that's beside the point. Alex, please don't say that. No. Alex. What? We got we got to drop the kayfabe for a second. I don't, okay, want, so I, 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 don't, I don't want you to get canceled on Twitter like somebody else that we know. 
first of all, first of all, let's let's not let's not act like this is the craziest thing on the planet. If he's not the best receiver in that draft class, he's a very close second in that draft class anyway. Okay, he's second, but it ain't close. Really, it's not close. And why is it not close, Jerry? Because DK Metcalf just looks like he's a better receiver. Because he doesn't beat him in any statistical category, so I'm really wondering, except touchdowns. But I'm DK really Metcalf. Oh, except touchdowns. There he goes. <laughs> DK Metcalf. You get yards all you want. It doesn't matter if you're on helping win games. DK Metcalf uh, has Russell Wilson as his quarterback. That's true. He does. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. That's a big part of it, right? Yeah. If if, if, if Terry McLaurin had Russell Wilson, I don't know what Terry McLaurin looks like right now. But he'd be he'd be a little bit worse. Tyler Lock is what he'd be. <laughs> That's what he. I, I am in awe of this. Hey, a little so, bit worse. Know. Tyler Lockett is like ten receptions for like 150 yards. So. See, that's good, but he's not the best in the draft class because DK is better because he can. He's more versatile. More versatile. He runs the go route, and he can freaking moss you too if you need him to. He's not. He's a big receiver. Not. I can probably bench more than Terry McLaurin. He's a little skinny dude. Oh my. DK God. Metcalf could like break me in half with his hands. Yes, and that, that like just Bane, Bane, Batman hey, over the knee. Hey, okay, so Sean Oakman could break everybody in half, but that means that Sean. No, Oakman... I'm not. That's not the argument I'm making. But that's what you I'm said. talking about. Jump balls, brother. Brother, okay. jump balls. I'm not saying he's better because he's stronger. I'm just saying he's better at jump balls because he's bigger and stronger. But also, he's also very fast, good hands. I don't think DK's that amazing, but I think he's still better than Terry. And I drafted Terry on my fantasy team. I think DK, I, I think DK's amazing. Now, look, the reason I disagree is simply this. All that yelling got my nose cleared, so thank you. The the reason I disagree with that is because of this, because of the fact that – Because you're a Washington fan. No, the fact that Terry has done all that he's done, despite the fact that he's been in the worst offense in the NFL for the last two years with the worst quarterback. All right, all right, let's calm down. We just talked about how the Jets had four yards of total offense in the second half. I think he's on a better offense. Maybe he is Jameson now. Crowder's been popping up. Jamison Crowder's like the only receiver to have 100 yards every single week. So is okay. he top 10 this year? What? Jamison Crowder has been one of the only receivers to have 100 yards every single week. So James is he top 10 this year because of that? Let's throw the ball too, but that's beside the point. He has Braxton Berrios, who's his number one target, and Jameson Crowder still gets more yards. Davis, so Jameson Crowder had 100 yards this past week? Bef- okay, before that, Alex. But my point still stands. Don't try to get all ticky-tacky with one statistical week. Or, How many yards? or the, week, the week before when he had 36 yards. How many yards do you have total this year? Let's see. Why don't we look? Crowder, Jameson Crowder. Ooh, he has 383. Okay, maybe that was the wrong stat. But wow, Alex, don't clap like you're so made some revelation that I made a mistake. But the thing yeah. is, Terry <laughs> McLaurin, he's not a top ten receiver. He's not going to be top ten receiver the next few years. DK Metcalf is better. He's not the best of the draft class. Stop saying that. You're biased. I'm not biased. Yeah. If I said Robbie Anderson's a top ten receiver right now, you'd call me biased, even though he's literally one of the re- leading receivers right now. So hop off my back. I wouldn't say you were biased. I would have to look. Yes, at you the would. Don't even. I have to see it. No, Davis. I've called you biased before, like when you said Kyle Allen was going to win the MVP, and last year when you said that was Can't. a joke. That was an obvious joke. You know, last year there was there was a time because I, I wrote it down on my phone. You on the show? I remember you said that uh, the Panthers were going to make the Super Bowl with Cam. That's what you said. I'm not kidding. I'm pretty sure that was probably a joke too, Alex. I'm not that big on Cam. I don't know. I wrote it down, so it's it was there. probably because you were like Cam's the worst quarterback to ever come out of. 
to ever play, honestly. He can't throw downfield. He can't throw short. He can't hand it off. Yes, Wait. I definitely said that, Davis. You, you're right. I, I mean, that. I wouldn't be surprised if you did. I mean, Davis, you're you're the one that said Haskins was the worst was worse at Ohio State than Cardell Jones. So I mean, you know, if you really want to get into that, but Alex, you know why Jameson Crowder only has 300 yards? He didn't play weeks two and three. Okay, and he still and you failed to yet. mention that what? in his three games before last week. He had 100 yards in each of them and two touchdowns. So in those weeks, he had seven receptions and eight receptions in the last one. So he's better than Terry McLaurin. But he had 36 yards against the Dolphins. And how, let's check Terry McLaurin's stats. How many bad games has he had? I do want to point no, out. No, because he's on my fantasy team. Hold on, hold on. He's, he's giving me a few stinkers. I do want to point out. I'm, I'm looking. I, I finally looked up all the stats for all the wide receivers. By the way, DeAndre Hopkins leading the league in receiving yards. I never would have guessed, but there he is. But Carter a lot. Uh, DK Metcalf is beating McLaurin in a lot of categories. D- DK Met- or McLaurin has a 26-yard game, a 61-yard game, an 83-yard game, and a 74-yard game. Hop off my back. What? 26 yards. He got me 5.6 points that week. Guys, he has the worst quarterback group in the league. That's important to remember. You were, ta- you were trying to talk about how Dwayne Haskins was so good the other week. No. He has I Kyle was- Allen right now. MVP Kyle Allen. You really misconstrued my entire argument from two weeks ago, Davis. He's had two games over 100 yards this year. Two. Okay. Jameson Crowder's had two as well. Look, I think that. Oh, no, he's t- had three. He's had three. Jameson Crowder's better. I think, the, my I think Davis, the, that's exactly what I said. Right. Yes. If somebody has 100 yard, more 100 yard games, you're automatically superior. The big takeaway from all my this. My point is this. If Terry McLaurin, if you swap DK Metcalf and McLaurin on the teams that they are on, one of them is by far better than the other. Yeah, but DK. No, that was the thing. The thing is, we're not swapping them. They are yeah, where they, they are where they're at. Sorry, that's just okay. not how that's just not how this thing works. But that's. But the thing is, Alex. The thing is, you're acting like no, 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 no. You're acting like McLaurin's not getting catches or something. But he's getting seven catches a week. It looks like he almost doubles. He's the still amount of only getting a, under 100 yards. He has like 25 more catches than DK has. That's Which is true good. Because Washington also doesn't throw the ball down the field. I mean, well, that's fair. For whatever inexplicable reason. Like, like, look here. Here's the here's the the sad part, right? Matt Ryan's a good quarterback, and he puts up yards every single game. But it sucks that he's in Atlanta. If he was any, if he was anywhere else, he'd be winning Super Bowls. That's just kind of how this game goes. Stafford's the same way. Good quarterback. Love him. He ain't going to win in Detroit. Phillip Rivers. Great quarterback. Nah, you know. Who? Rivers. Phillip Rivers has been a good quarterback for a lot of his years. I know he's not been great the last couple of years, but that man should have had some Super Bowl rings by now. I mean, I'm not sure if he should, but, you know, he should have gotten to the, you know, maybe gotten to a Super Bowl. That I'll admit. Terry McLaurin may be good. But he's at where he's at, and I'm not trading DK Metcalf for McLaurin. I'm sorry. Right. That's that's just that's fair. But, but you didn't have to. You didn't have to act like it was the stupidest thing I've ever said because one, I no, Alex, let's not get it twisted. It was actually, the stupidest no, no, no. thing. Jared, you said. Jared, 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 Jared. Before that, before he changed it to top ten last year, he said in two years, Sam McLaurin's going to be a top five wide receiver. And then once I pressed him on, he went, okay, maybe top fifteen, and they changed it to top ten. Look, it's true, and he will say it. What is not possibly, but it is. He said top five. 
in two years. So he has I one mean, more year to reach that top five mark. Or oh, that's we'll a certified see. gold take. We'll see what happens. It won't. It's it's not gonna happen. I'm sorry. He can get Tom Brady. He won't be top ten. Unless he gets traded to an actual better team, it's that's not gonna that's not gonna. That's true. That's exactly my point. But that's 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 not gonna happen. Whatever, yo. Just never say that Terry McLaurin's better than DK Metcalf ever again. That that was just bad. That was just no sane person thinks that. I mean, there some people do think that, but the argument of whether or not they're sane, I said I sane people. No, yeah. Look, I'm going to stick with it. And, I mean, either I'll be right or I'll be wrong. But we'll see. You're wrong. Yeah. Our, if our, he's so good, why isn't he, why isn't he breaking out more touchdowns or more yards when he's getting seven receptions a game? Because, Davis, they do not throw the ball down. But if he's so good, he catches a slant, he breaks out. If he's this revelation top five wide receiver, he should be able to do that, Alex. That's all I'm saying. DK oh can. Oh, God, you're an idiot. Alex, you said he's better than DK. I'm going to freaking go with stupid arguments right back at you. You're just – no. Okay, that that is so stupid. You're going to be like, okay, Alex, you said something stupid, so I'm just going to say a bunch of idiotic and moronic things back. Does is it, it that idiotic sense? to say that if he's so amazing, top five, as you said in two years, top five. Top. Don't forget there's Julio. There's DeAndre Hopkins. I can keep naming them. Top five. Tamar Clark's right. going to be on there, you're saying. No, but your point he is He can't break out. Forward. He can't run. He has 56 yards, seven receptions. He's averaging under 100 yards. He's averaging 84 yards a game. Under 100. Okay. Did still, I lie? But, Davis, okay, that entire argument does not make sense. No, fact, it, oh, why doesn't he have 20 touchdowns because you can't take every slant to the end That's zone? not what I'm saying. I'm saying if he's so amazing, top five – why can't he get more yards just on his own ability? Hey, if Julio if Julio's so amazing, why doesn't he score more touchdowns? He gets more yards on his own ability. Because Calvin Ridley's taking off his touchdowns. And in this in this case, it's the opposite. Hey, Terry, I'll say but this. I thought Terry McClellan was their number one target. What are you talking about? Come on, he bro. He's the number one target. And then why no- isn't he breaking out for more yards? He's getting 50 under 100 yards a game. Calvin Ridley's had a good Keep season. Keep saying 50, Davis. Keep saying 50, even though that's not the number. Under 100 50, is what I just said. You said 50 first. Because he had one game where he had 56 yards. Oh, my goodness. I mean, Davis, the simple fact of it all is that if you actually watch the games a bit. I do watch them, Alex. You're talking about watching games when you comment on games you haven't watched and then Jacob and Garrett get on your butt You would understand a variety of things, including the fact that, A, he is their only consistent or decent offensive threat in the wide receiving group. This week they had three active wide receivers. Two of them were undrafted and the other one was him. So if how exactly is he supposed to just automatically destroy defenses when he's the only person they could pay attention to? He is the only threat on that team that the defense should pay any attention to. Not to mention the fact the offense does not throw the ball down the field. And it's not because he's not open. It's because of the fact that they lack quarterback play to do it and they don't call plays down the field. If he's top five, why isn't he doing it then? I'm just saying. that's If you're talking about he's going to be top five, he's not really showing it. Seven receptions, 90 yards, one touchdown. Seven receptions, 74 yards, zero touchdowns. Three receptions, 26 yards. Ten ten receptions, 118 yards, probably his best game. I know seven receptions, 125 yards is the best game. But then he had four receptions, 83 yards, five receptions, 61 yards. Doesn't sound top five, doesn't sound top ten. It's like an infomercial happening right now. Uh, The offense doesn't – he can't just – I don't care what the offense does or doesn't. I just told you – He's getting the catches, but he's not getting the yards. Davis, if they throw a five-yard slant every play, what do you expect him to do? Break out. You ever heard of a run after catch? He leads the league in yards after catch. 
actually. Or he led it before this past week. He might he may not still lead it, but he led it before this past week as far as I know. Yeah, uh, Alvin Kamara leads the league in yards after catch. Well, in that case, then Kamara just took it from him. But before this past week, he led the league in yards after catch. It goes Alvin Kamara with 432, McLaurin at 291, and hey, it's Robbie Anderson at 276. Robbie Anderson's better than Terry McLaurin. Oh, and so. then and then uh, what? Mike Davis for Carolina at two seventy three. If he's second in the league in yards after catch, aside from a running back who takes screens and slant passes, then you're right. He should have seven hundred yards after catch. He should, clearly, yeah. But he doesn't. He's not doing enough. You're just. I mean, it's your right to sound stupid. I'm just going to make sure you. Know Alex, you are dying on the hill that Terry McLaurin's better than DK Metcalf and will be top five in two years. Davis, all of the arguments you've made, except for maybe two of them, have been terrible. Including I've only made three players. arguments. You only made, made three. Oh, well, apparently he doesn't break out enough of his routes, so therefore he's not good. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if he's so amazing, like you're saying, why isn't he doing more just on his own merit? A good wide receiver can do good with a bad quarterback. I'll say it. Not with these quarterbacks, and not with this offense. An oh offense no! I just saw. I just saw. I just saw Ben DiNucci take the field for the Cowboys. So it's it's whatever at this point. No, oh, yeah. I mean, no. It, I mean, it's the okay. Let's just take a second. Give me one second to look at something. I'm just. I just want to check a stat before I before I say this because I want to make sure that I'm correct on this. Okay, so. I think we'd all agree that CeeDee Lamb has been great, right? Yeah, he's Dang. been good. I think he's been really good for his pr- – I mean, there he maybe, is. I can't remember the rookies in that class, but would he be the best receiver in that class? <coughs> uh, this this With is Jerry he, Judy and all them in there too? I can't I can't remember who was all in it. It may Okay, it may have been Judy, so maybe he's the second best receiver in that class maybe. I don't, I don't remember who was in that class, so I don't want to say something like that because I cannot – He's definitely cream of the crop. So, so, I mean, you know, this past Sunday, I mean, CeeDee Lamb has no catches. So, is CeeDee Lamb therefore bad because of the fact that he's not making do with his awful quarterbacks? Of Andy well, Dalton, I think the difference no, is... No, because Terry McClellan's getting seven receptions a game. That's not the same thing. I think, I think the difference is, I'm not saying that CeeDee Lamb is better than DK Metcalf. Yes, and also be top five in two years, so... I think that's my thing. Whatever. I, I mean, fair, right? Like... A, a wide receiver can be good, but I don't have to compare him to one of the most monstrous wide receivers that come out of a draft class in recent memory. I mean, I try. If you're starting a team right now and you have Terry McLaurin and DK Metcalf to draft for your wide receiver, you take Terry McLaurin? I'm taking DKF. Uh, DKF. You know, I'm calling him DKF from now on. I know hurts. who you're taking. I'm asking Alex because I want to know if he's really that biased. Well, I'd, I'd say a number of things. depends on the rest of the team I have. And I'd Oh, my God. Just team. choose yeah. a wide receiver based on who's better. Not, well, if I have this certain offensive coordinator and this quarterback, I'd want to choose this person. But I don't care. Here, who here, do you think's better? Choose him right now. Here's right my now, thing. I'd probably take DK, but, you know, it's tough to say. But my, my thing is, how many wide receivers are like DK right now? Big, explosive, monstrous, fast. There's not many of them. That's true, but he also doesn't do how many. How many wide receivers are like Terry McLaurin? He's I mean, a, he's the standard lot. wide receiver. DK is one of few. Terry, who is good, don't get me wrong, is one of many. Thank you. I'm not saying Terry's bad either. I obviously drafted him for oh, a reason. You have, but man, he's not this end all be all. You've said a number of things saying he's bad. No, I'm saying I'm saying he's good, but he's not top five, top ten like you're trying to say. 
He's good. I like Terry McLaurin. I drafted him for a reason. But he is not as amazing as you say. I mean, he is. Put him on another team. He's just going to be an A.J. Brown. Well, no, because he leads A.J. Brown in all his stats. Oh, my God. I'm not comparing their stats. He'll just be another Robbie Anderson. There we go. I mean, I think he'd be better. Good Lord. I'm not trying to compare him and A.J. Brown's stats. I'm going to say he's having a role on that team like A.J. Brown has. That's the first one that came to my head because he mentioned it earlier. Point being, DK is one of few. Terry is one of many. I got to take the few. You're not going to find wide receivers like DK. Terry McLaurin ain't scoring 52 points in fantasy for me. Tyler Lockett is. I don't have him, though. So did you lose to Tyler Lockett? No, I didn't play him. Played Devontae Adams. And I'm going to call it right now. You're going to start seeing a trend in the NFL where big receivers like DK will start getting drafted more. And that plays to the advantage of wide receivers like Auburn Seth Williams, who's one of the tallest wide receivers in the upcoming draft. Looking at second, third round pick, uh, maybe even first if he keeps playing well. Jared, you talk about that trend. That trend's already a thing. The DK Metcalf has not invented some sort of brand new thing. There's been a big body receiver thing. Since no, no, no. It's the difference between big body receiver like Calvin Johnson, Andre Johnson, and big body receivers who's also insanely fast. Yes, this, this is a new prototype. This is a what this is a Calvin this is a Johnson? brand new. Calvin Johnson is fast, yes, but he's not going down the field on a go route. He's going on a 50-50 ball. That's the difference. Like. Name me another wide receiver in the NFL right now that's like DK. You could um, say young Julio, but Julio's not really doing that as much anymore. There's um, not many. There's not many. DeAndre, not as much, but still big like that. The, the, the only other prototype is Calvin Johnson. He retired. I mean, Calvin Johnson was as fast as him and just as tall as him. So. And I'm, I'm and telling you, use him the same way. watch in a couple of years when more wide receivers like DK – who are 6'3", 6'4", they look really big, but God help you to get in front of them because they will run you down. It's like a mixture of a fast wide receiver and Derrick Henry. It's like a Derrick Henry fusion. You don't want to get in the middle of that. You're going to start seeing a lot of those wide receivers. Jared, I I don't... Don't want... The thing is, is that there are big body receivers in the NFL, just nothing like him because exactly, and you're gonna start seeing more of you wide receivers like him. Nature, you won't you won't see guys like remember that picture of him and I think it was AJ Brown yes. uh, losing weight for Ole Miss for that season. Remember that? You'll mm-hmm. see guys that are six four, six five. You already see him. Miles Boykin is six three and a half, I think. the The fact is that. I mean, you're going to see guys try and be that. Like you mentioned Seth, but Seth is nothing like DK Metcalf. Seth is not nearly as large as him. He's not nearly as fast as him. And that well, and that can easily change with a strict regimen. I mean, it could, but I think... I think what Jerry's trying to say is that teams are going to be willing to take more risk on those players yes. besides just the short, you're, fast one. Like you're going to start seeing McCormick. college teams recruiting guys like this. You're going to see college teams mimicking trying to build somebody like a DK Metcalf that these wide receivers, instead of focusing on speed, will focus on strength while trying to keep up with their standard speed. And when they get to yeah. NFL, they'll grow on that. The thing is, it's not going to work. Why would it, why wouldn't it work? Matter it's is working with DK that, right now. No, the fa- <sighs> you're not listening. The fact of the Darn matter is, <laughs> is that 
with guys like DK, if you put on that amount of weight, you're not supposed to be that fast. That's why everybody's freaking out about it. That's well, why everybody's freaking out about Calvin Johnson. To be fair, if you tear your ACL, you're not supposed to come back in six week, uh, six months. However, Auburn and Georgia's medical teams have come together and they figured that stuff out pretty quickly. I had to come back from ACL tears uh, fairly quick. Uh, medical first. science is actually an amazing thing to learn about. I know. And... These NFL teams are hiring these top notch, top notch nutritionists, Except strength and conditioning coaches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Except for the but these NFL teams and college teams are hiring these top notch nutritionists, uh, physical specialists, all this to build these wide receivers. But yeah, if you bulk up, it's logically would slow you down. But if you also get more lean, you bulk up your legs too. You'll be able to keep that speed up at like a linear rate if you do it correctly like dk did he's also representation thank you but dk obviously a super athlete i guess or not super athlete very athletic but a lot of those a lot of kids nowadays are getting more athletic i feel like let let me let me give an example okay so we all know Giannis in the nba right yes his name is the greek freak because of uh, because of that there's nobody like him that size that plays like that and we know that years have gone by and people have come through the draft that are around his size that are supposed to be the same thing and they haven't so my point being that it's very much just a genetic mixture rather than a oh you can take that copy and apply it to somebody else that's different though I don't think he's saying they're taking the copy. They're going to try to get those big, strong, fast guys. Because here's my thing: you can bulk them up, but you can keep them fast if you do the right, do it the right way. How big? How tall? How tall is Giannis? He's He's six ten. Six eleven. Yes. How tall is DK? Six four. DK is what a little bit above average NFL height of wide receivers, which I believe is like six one, six two. Probably. So the, the, the span between Giannis and the rest of the guys under him and DK and the rest of the guys under him is so much smaller. Look, I, I have an example. In the NFL in the past, it was either you're short and you're fast or you're tall and you're strong. There's no in between. And DK is starting to blur that line is what Jerry is trying to say, I believe. Yes. So they're going to start – they're going to break the archetype of you're strong, you're big, so you have to be get 50-50 balls – and be strong. Calvin Johnson was kind of before that, and so was Julio Jones, but DK is kind of a little bit smaller than them, of course. He's 6'4". They're like 6'6 each, respectively. It's, it's kind of like how the NFL went from big pocket-passing quarterbacks to yes. the small, you know, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray's, Baker Mayfield's of the world. And then, Cam, and then Cam, was, Cam was the weird one where he was big, but he could still run. And Cam was the hybrid. Which worked for eight to ten years before he started getting hurt, you know? So instead of trading off, instead of making it only, you're tall so you're slow, or you're short so you're fast, they're going to try to, they're going to start trying to mix those. They're going to start trying to find players to mix those and be more versatile. I, okay. I, we're, we're on two very different sides of this, but I, like, I just, I feel like this is an overrating of his impact on the league when this has been a thing that's been going on for a long time. I don't think it's solely DK. I just said Calvin Johnson and Julio Jones as well, but DK's a little bit shorter, and everybody went crazy Julio about how he's actually shorter than DK Metcalf. T six three. Yeah, actually, probably yeah, taller. That's scary. That's, that's scary. That's scary. And that's the thing is, that my my point is that okay, like everybody freaks out about DK getting dropped and dropped. The simple fact is, DK is 
Julio or Calvin. It's just the fact that he can't run routes, which was his issue coming out of college, and he still doesn't really do it. And the same thing applies. This is not so much a, oh, wait, we've discovered that large dudes are good at being receivers. That's been known since Randy Moss in the 90s destroyed everybody and had three catches for 184 yards and three touchdowns. It wasn't that large dudes could be wide receivers. It's that smaller, faster guys were a lot more sexy for the last, what, five to seven years. Yes. I just don't think it was. Antonio Brown was probably arguably the biggest and hottest commodity of wide receiver. I really, I, I, I'm just, I really don't see that at all because I see Calvin Johnson going top three in the draft out of Georgia Tech. I see Julio going top five in the draft. I see DK. You know, I see those are three up receivers in the last ten guy. years. What? And then DK. Those are three up receivers in the last ten years that are big. That Look at all out. the wide receivers in the first round. Those like, are that. We just, we just listed off all the wide receivers taken before DK and Terry, and look how small they are. They're on the smaller side. I mean, they're all on the relatively smaller side. But again, this is not – it wasn't DK's big, which means he won't be good. It was no. a simple fact that he doesn't – it's not – What, what we're saying is – You were say, you're saying how you don't see how smaller wide receivers were a trend. You saw all the wide receivers taken before DK and Terry. They're smaller. They're faster. Guys, it was not about the fact that DK was big and therefore we don't want big wide receivers. And that, it's the fact that he literally couldn't run routes. But you're saying I don't see the trend that they weren't taking big body wide receivers, but then we listed off a draft class where they didn't take big body wide receivers. They took the small guys that were fast. They've taken big body wide receivers in the past. I'm saying that DK was not hands off because he was big. He was hands off because he lacked the skill set. Okay, but I'm not talking about DK anymore. I'm talking about the trend. And I'm saying the trend was small, fast wide receivers were the trend. That was established for the last couple of draft classes that we listed off. Forget about DK. The first five to ten wide receivers taken were, 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 were on the smaller side, right? Am I right in saying that? Really? They were, they, they were mostly on the smaller side. If you go back to every single draft class the last five years, I'm going to guarantee. You want me to name some of them? Yes. Marquise Brown last year. So it's Nikhil Harry, DJ Moore before that, Calvin Ridley, Corey Davis, Mike Williams. That's one big one. John Ross, Corey Coleman, Will Furrow, Josh Dotson, LaCon Treadwell, Amari Cooper, Kevin White, Devontae Oh, LaCon Treadwell, rest in peace. Nelson Aguilar, Rashad Perryman, Phil Dorsett, Sammy Watkins. Do you count Sammy Watkins as a big one? Uh, I wasn't say- saying him. Mike like- Evans. There's two. Nikhil Harry's 6'4". Okay. Excuse me, three. I didn't know his height off the top of my head. Go, go back through some of those names. Okay. Uh, Marquise Brown, Akil Harry, DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley, Corey Davis, Mike Williams, John Ross, Corey Coleman, Will Forrell, Josh Dotson, Lacan Treadwell, Amari Cooper, Kevin White, Devontae Parker, Nelson Aguilar, Brashad Perryman, Philip Dorsett, Sammy Watkins. Don't just count tall ones, count how they're used. Sammy Watkins, Mike Evans, Odell Beckham, Brandon Cooks, Kelvin Benjamin, Tavon Austin, DeAndre Hopkins, Cordell Patterson, Justin Blackman, Michael Floyd, Kendall Wright, AJ Jenkins, AJ Green, Julio Jones, Jonathan Baldwin, Demarius Thomas, Des Bryant, De- Darius Hayward Bay, Michael Crabtree, Jeremy, Jeremy Macklin, Percy Harvest, Nakeem Hicks, Kenny Britt, Calvin All Johnson. All right, we got it. Okay, so about about roughly half of those guys are six two and above. Maybe maybe a little less. How many of them are like DK Metcalf? Half of them aren't Kelvin Benjamin. Slow. Half of them aren't even the damn league anymore. It feels like Alex. We're not talking about just height here, brother. We're we're on two very different sides of this, and I think we both just don't understand each other, and that's why. No, we understand you. No, I I don't think you do. I don't think you do at all. Uh, no, Alex, you're saying that we were just talking. Tall, about- they've had tall wide receivers throughout the throughout the history of the NFL, but we're saying is that recently it's been of a hybrid between height and speed. And it's been really heightened 
with DK Metcalf in the new social media area, and everybody's really seeing him. And they're going, "Hey, maybe we should start we, drafting more." We kids literally like that. started this conversation talking about how DK hawked down a dude from ninety yards because of his speed. We did, didn't we? we What's did. the other wide receivers on the Seahawks, Alex? Um, Tyler, Tyler Lockett, Lockett, small, fast. Okay. 200 yards, another one. three touchdowns. I can't remember, actually. Hey, Greg Olson, shout out. They used Tied to have in, Doug Baldwin, still. smaller, fast. It, did he retire? Yes. Probably. Did did? I can't even name it. What's what are there? I don't even know their other wide receivers. Um, let's see. You got David Moore. You've got, um, let's see. You got, that's uh, a tight end. Hey, by the way, Davis. So, I mean, DK Metcalf had only 23 yards last night, so... I mean, he almost oh, had a game-winning ooh. touchdown too, so the, they took it away from him. I see he didn't have one, but go off, I guess. Uh, I mean, he, he didn't. I said they took it away. But from he him. didn't get he didn't get seven receptions for that. You're right. He got he got four, uh, two, which you know, he got you, two. That's that's some good yards after catch right you there. Not, you put out that game. Are we really gonna take one game and right, say? Whatever. Are we really gonna take one game and say DK Metcalf isn't still a freak of nature? No, 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 is. no, no. That's not my point. That's not my point at all. That's not my point at all. But um, anyway. I just think we I, – I really think that you were like, hey, these big guys don't count because they're not fast. There's nobody like DK Metcalf, really. There is. We're not saying there's nobody like him. I'm not saying that, at least Jared might. But people look at him and go, hey, he's this kind of lesser-seen archetype, super fast, very strong, also pretty tall, that we should maybe start looking for more instead of the short, fast ones like Terry McLaurin, Tyler Lockett, Antonio Brown. Yes. Because how many tall, fast, strong wide receivers are there in the NFL right now? Really? Like ones that you really want on your team. There's not, there's, there's not many. Name I can name you tall ones, but I don't know how I, – I can't imagine they're, they're faster than DK Metcalf. I mean, they're not, they're not, nobody, nobody's faster than We've established that. Exactly. I mean, Chase Claypool did pretty good. He's a big receiver. He is. But he's not bulky. He's not as bulky. He's skinny. The point is they're going to get these tall guys that also have speed, and they're going to try to bulk them up is what they might try to do. That is what we're saying. I just don't think it'll work. Well, that's your prerogative. But now you maybe you can understand what we're trying to say this whole time. I suppose – I just – I feel like that I, – I don't know. I don't – I really think he's an isolated case. I'm not sure if he's a trend for the future, which is why. I, just but the thing is, there's other wide receivers like him in history. You I said mean, that yourself. To be fair. You know, that's, what, that's what I'm saying is that there's, this has always been a thing. It's just the point is it, it's not so much a you can't take the blueprint and apply it. It is very much a unique case by case. I think you can because DK Metcalf applied it to himself. He bulked himself up and kept his speed. That's and that's I, somewhat I, genetics. But you can keep that speed if you bulk up the right I, way. I think it's very much a more genetics thing than a being able to apply the blueprint. That's well, there's a lot of freaking natures around nowadays. To be fair, the same conversation was had about Russell uh, Wilson and how sure he was and how he wasn't going to succeed. And then now I knew, we have... I knew he was going to be good. Okay, but this is now... Well, how many years has Russell Wilson been in the league? Like seven, eight now? Eight. This would be eight. Right? When he, <laughs> when he first came out and then went to the NFL, people were saying how he's too short. He's not gonna succeed, right? And then now that Russell Wilson blueprint of short, mobile quarterbacks, insanely accurate, has been applied to other quarterbacks that we now see years later. Whether they work or not isn't the question. It's that it's been applied. Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, 
Drew Brees was before Russell Wilson, but he was probably one of the first archetypes of it. Well, he was, in fact, the first, yeah. And now we have guys like Tua, right? And then you can see, you can say the big, like, the comeback of the big, strong wide receiver, or a running back like Derrick Derrick Henry, that's that's starting a trend. I feel like it's going to start a trend that they're going to try to get those big, bulky, fast ones so they can run through. I think we saw the NFL go to a heavy offensive set, and they started, like, speed. So you saw a lot of speed players, and now you're starting to see a, a nice shift back to a mixture of speed and strength. Because Derrick Henry is still insanely fast. Yes. That's and, the thing is, like, you don't get guys like Derrick Henry every day. You don't. And it's, but I they're going to start looking for him more. They're not just going to settle. Yeah, they'll go get the kid out of Compton who they can build to, make, to be that. You can get the fast guy that's tall, and you can also bulk him up. It's know. a possibility. It's Just because you bulk up doesn't automatically make you slow. I know, but I... Okay. All right. Look, we'll end the show on a high note, and I'll end it with this question. For $100,000, would you go into an Oklahoma drill against Derrick Henry? You have three chances to tackle him. If you don't tackle him, you don't get the money. Oh, the notes. I'm not going to freaking tackle him. Let's, like, would... grab onto his feet and hold on for dear life. Okay, well, okay. Here, here, here's this. You can opt out after the first time. You can opt out okay. after try one and try two. Guys, let's be clear on something. What? I mean, you get paid $100,000. I mean, if you, if you really want to make that tackle, you can just go helmet first to his kneecap, and he, he'll make the tackle. That's, that's dirty, man. I wouldn't give you the money for that. That's no, dirty. No, that's awful, but that's – I mean, it, I'm just saying you could make the tackle. That's awful. I don't know. I feel, like, I, feel, I feel like Derek Henry's knee – would obliterate somebody. Yeah, I feel like I feel like he'd end up being okay. the helmet. The trick is you gotta you gotta wrap his legs. You just gotta grab onto his feet. And even then, there's I mean, probably okay. a little chance of that. I, I think like all of his greatness, people go high on him sometimes, and then it's like like why like why would why would Josh Norman be like not go low? Why Because you go for his thighs, he knocks you out, and you just boom, you're dead. Yeah, but instead so of chicken thighs. This thigh, is his thigh, bro. this is your head. Boom. You're out. <laughs> out hey, for the count. Uh, by the way, um Davis, can I ask you a question? What? Oh, no. So, it was an issue, you said, that uh, Terry averaged under 100 yards a game, right? Uh, yeah, I'm going to say the same thing for it. DK. We don't care. We moved on. I tried to, I tried <laughs> to get away from it. We already, we already made the point that he is like every other wide receiver. You made, you made, it, you made it such an issue that it was under, under 100 yards. I was just curious if the Ugh. same apply, but it clearly No, I, was, I, wasn't, I wasn't comparing it to DK. I'm just saying in 10 years. I'm not saying, I'm not saying DK is going to be top 10 in two years. Or top five in two years, but but no, but you were like, oh, he's under hundred yards. That's just that's not good enough. That's but I, all right. I'm just curious. Like I said, I wasn't saying DK is going to be top five <laughs> in two years, like you were about Terry. <sighs> Answer the question about Derrick Henry, Alex. Stop trying to go back. I mean, I try it. Why not? You know, you can, Alex. Uh, I trucked you freshman year. You're ooh. definitely not getting. There's history Davis, here. We were not wearing shoulder pads, and I was not expecting contact. It was two oh, hand touches. So you wearing shoulder pads against Derrick Henry's going to change anything? Well, I mean, you have a different expectation when it's two hand touch versus actual tackle football. No, we were playing tackle that day. We were do playing I, tackle. Do I? I hear, got freaking rocked early in that day. Remember? Do I, do I hear a spontaneous extra point two hand touch All Star game at Jack? I would this destroy Halloween? y'all. Yeah, Davis I'm just gonna Davis throw that out there. Two bad angles, but hey, he's gonna destroy us. Everybody, watch out. I'm serious. I'm actually pretty good. So don't don't look out, y'all. Davis will be top ten touch football in the next two years. Everybody, watch out. Hey, hey watch it, man! Terry. I'll get hundred yards a game. No, you won't. Uh, trust me, brother. Hey, 
if you don't know, uh, I'm a great field goal kicker. So let's go. Yeah, Jared, I'll set you up for those field, extra points, brother. Hey, extra point. See, all all came right Alex, on back. I'm not sure what he's gonna do, but he'll be there. Uh, Alex was, is the Tamer Corn. I'm the DK. It was a couple of years ago that uh, we averaged the same yards per game. Nice. It was a Except couple of years you, ago. <laughs> Where uh, it was a couple of years ago where I kicked that fifty yard field goal in jeans and boots. Yes, sir. And let's end on that now. Okay, yeah, let's end on that now. Wait, Jerry, would you try to tackle Derek? Well, I'm bigger, so I would obviously fare a lot better than you guys would. That's true. I'm I'm a little and I played defense in high school. That doesn't translate at all to having to tackle Derek Henry, but it gives me at least a little bit more experience than normal people does. So. Yeah, I would say I would try it. It would hurt, but I already got CTE, so might as well, right? But yes, no, I would I would try to tackle Derrick Henry. I mean, a hundred thousand dollars on the line. I mean, like I'd, I'd try for a hundred thousand dollars, but I doubt. I mean, look, the the hips don't lie. It's the center of gravity. Go for the hips. Got to get lower than them. Go for the thighs. Go for the go for the you know wrap them up. Yeah, at the feet, hope he trips. But no, if it, I'm not going like straight up head on, right? That's that'd be idiotic. Yeah, I play it smarter, not on. harder. Yeah, I'm not trying to get thrown into the nether realm like Josh Norman, which I don't think I've seen him since. So he could still be out there somewhere. I have no idea. But that is it for the show today. Thank you for joining us on the extra point. For whatever the last 45 minutes was i have no idea how long that was that was that was a good 40 i think it was a good 45 minutes of debate everybody i mean come on i i think no don't get me wrong i think it was good uh you just think i'm an idiot no alex i i like you a lot okay i i, I don't want you to think i don't want you to think that i think you're an idiot well jared i think you're an idiot so i <laughs> Flame him, flame him, Jared. Nah, I'm good. Cause Are no we matter, taking the high road on no, you. No matter what, no matter what happens, there's still that graphic. Jared Dillard number one, Alex Houston number two. Sorry. And hopefully, I'll beat you in the MLB gauntlet when it ends this. When it ends tonight, when the Dodgers win, hopefully. Yeah, but I mean, we'll I think see. Dodgers in six. It'll be. It might be close, but. I also pick Dodgers in six. So oh, in that case, I don't know. then it comes down to all of those superlatives that I had you guys fill out, which were really yeah. good superlatives. They really made you think, you know. I but, just clicked at random, so I don't know about that. Oh, maybe I will beat you. I'm like yeah. next to last, so. So who do you? Uh, never mind. What? You got a good chance against me. I was gonna ask about one of the superlatives that we need in the show. So oh wait, Jared, I'm ahead of you. Hold up, I better win. I did say I was next to last. I forgot. I forgot. Yeah, I'm also you. right beside Jared with them. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, we're, we're all three through six. Uh-oh. Yeah, Alex, you're only two points ahead of me. That's nothing. That's one prop bet away from me overtaking yeah, if you. my MVP bet gets there, then I'm beating you. For, for like, Take it for instance like this. I'm six points away from Jacob. If I get game six tonight and he didn't pick game six, I'm right behind him by one point. Like That's how, that's how this thing works. It's a you gauntlet. Jack's at 12. <laughs> Well, he missed a week, and that's his fault. That's why the star next to his number. But yeah. it does have an extra point. Uh, we just hit two hours on recording. So nice. Is go. it nice? You know what? I'm going to call it right now. We're taking tomorrow off. Woo! Yeah, we're we're, we're taking tomorrow off. I oh, can't. Jacob and Jake act, or Jacob and Jack actually get out. Uh, 
No, we'll, we'll just come back for Thursday and get ready for that. I'm starting to realize that you guys have a lot of things going on with school. So yes. I'm trying to do the show still be consistent, but give you guys breaks. That way we're able to not get you to flunk out. I was about to say, Jacob was up till apparently midnight doing a paper. Well, well past midnight yeah. doing a paper. We didn't do the show yesterday because Jacob's situation, but it does for extra point. Thank you, Davis and Alex, for joining me on the show. Uh, and it's always a pleasure, boys. So we'll be back Thursday. Thank you for watching Let's Extra Point here on WGL911 and WEGLFM.com.